I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Warui Desho podcast. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you can support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitter. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at Show at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. Good evening, slash afternoon, slash morning, ladies, gentlemen, and envies. Welcome to Warui Desho, Stream of Thought, Banana Fish, Episode 19. I uh, am the lead conductor for this episode, <laughs> uh, the subtle doctor, uh, and my uh, co-pilot here, my... Uh, I, for some reason, I want to say Major Domo, but that's not correct. I'm thinking of food uh, for some reason. But but my my buddy, podcast stalwart and uh, birthday boy, Shadon, Shadon is here. Hey, everyone. Um, that's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I've I, I passed the point now. Like, I'm old as fuck. That's it. I'm Game gonna, over. I'm going to drink to all 31 of your glorious years and to many more. So am I. I tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen, of us have a Sapporo premium beer in premium. the most amazing can ever. It's a pint glass, but it's a can. Although it also looks like a cocktail shaker. But I don't know, so I'm cracking <laughs> this one. Like a cocktail shaker. Um, it really does look like a cocktail shaker. Don't shake it, though. Pressurized container. Anyway, cheers, everyone. So, you know what? Never mind. I was going to make quite, a that is terrible good, outcast actually. joke. <clears throat> but I'm not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> That's all the more reason you should do it. Um, well, I was just going to say, don't Go follow on. Andre 3000's instructions uh, because he <laughs> he would, you know, he would shake encourage it. you to shake, shake it, it like a shake Polaroid it, shake it. Uh, picture. <laughs> in fact, but uh, yeah, hi everybody, hello chat. Thanks for coming oh, out. Uh, Indeed, thank you. 
we're here. Um, and we're going to talk about banana fish. We're going to talk about probably a few other things. Uh, definitely got, uh, an announcement for the end of the show Mm -hmm. that we want to make that we're very excited about. Uh, and in other news, uh, this is the longest my beard's ever been. Um, you'll (laughs) You'll see in previous episodes of this fair stream uh, that I usually <laughs> like to keep it pretty trim. Uh, that is no longer the case for now. Uh, I, I would please I would, tell me it's going to keep being long. No. Like, I want to see you like, I was, like that. <laughs> just like uh, like I'm the more even more disheveled wizard than I look at the moment. Um, <laughs> well, you'd be Radagast the Brown or something. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh, it was you meant. Got the hood. Got the hood. That's right. This is complete the the wizardy function here. Um, <laughs> you shall not pass. Uh, but I was meant to like trim it over the holiday, and just it just didn't end up happening. I was gonna trim all this. Uh, at some point, it will will happen. Um, oh, Charlie! Hi. Welcome. Uh, Neat. I was. Uh, I saw your comment last episode and was like, "Oh, cool! Another person uh, joining us, you know, via on demand." Uh, plenty, plenty of people watch that way. <laughs> um, Live via satellite. But, <laughs> but yes, exactly. But we're so happy to have you aboard. Mm-hmm. We love uh, having people in the chat. Uh, and yeah, like Emily says, you know, we don't bite. We're very. I I think we have a pretty welcoming uh, group, and yeah, thanks for stopping by. Mm. Um, uh, my mind is just drawn a blank. It's been two weeks. <laughs> what are we supposed to do at this point? Um, uh, we'll start by checking the polls. We're supposed to check episode. the polls. That's right. God damn it. Um. All right. Where are the poll? Here's they are. All right. Here's they mm-hmm. are. Is what I said. Here's. Mm. Here's there. Uh, so, from episode 18, the polls are Do you like the Blanca character in hashtag banana fish as of this episode? Mm-hmm. 73% say yes. Moving on. <laughs> Was... Yeah, I spiked my <laughs> No, look, I, I'm actually a little bit. That's War- fair. Warmer that's on him after the current episode, but we'll we'll get it. We'll get into that. Oh, I'm, I'm I am too, but that's all just because of how he gets magnificently dumped on. It was easily <laughs> one of the top five moments of the entire show. Uh, I was just I was just saying, like, oh, I can't wait to talk about that moment. Oh, I'm excited. All right. I mean, I mean, God, the episode's episode called 19. Ice Palace. It's called Ice Palace. But the real ice cold was mm. right there. That was mm-hmm. the burn. Oh, that's secretly what it's named after. Is that <laughs> that thrashing, that absolute oh. smackdown that was absolute laid masterpiece upon upon Blanca. Uh, the the second poll, the second of two. What? Or sorry, no. Was the opening of the warehouse scene? Oh, 
mm-hmm. uh, between Ash and Yutlung, the best hashtag banana fish seen in weeks. 59% say OMG yes. 29% no. Tw- my reading has leveled down during the break. 26% say sure. And only 15% say nah. So at least, you know, we have 85% of people that to one, you know, varying levels of enthusiasm will say, yes, that warehouse scene was amazing. Best in weeks. Mm-hmm. Good take, everyone. I'm behind you. I support you. Well done. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So, all right. Well, show, do, do we want to get into episode 19 here right away? Of course. Oh, of course. Let's talk about all it. Right. Let's talk about, holy shit, this episode. Fuck. Jesus. Um, like, this so is much. The, like, that's, that's why I describe it as so much. It's it's Holy a lot. Fuck. Episode nineteen colon. It's a lot. Uh, this is this is just the life comes at you fast thing it, in episode I mean, form. Banana fish has never been bad, but if I was to say like I felt a bit on a bit of a lull as of late, I don't think people sure. may necessarily disagree with me. Sure, that's a relative thing, by the way. That, yeah, but mm-hmm. um. Holy crap, is it back in pretty full force? There was only one moment in this episode that I actively didn't care for. (laughs) It's a very minor moment. It's like five seconds. And the rest of it, I thought, was magnificent in everything it tried to do. So, yeah, there's my glowing TLDR, you know, recommendation for episode Mm -hmm. 90. Thank you very much for coming back up to full strength, Banana Fish. It's great to have you back in, you know, prime form. Maglorian says democracy is saved. (laughs) Ah! Yes, ah! finally. Ah! Our vo- our the people's voice could truly be heard in those star chamber closed door <laughs> meetings. Uh all right. So, I guess we can get into it here with Ice Palace. Mm-hmm. Summary time. So Yudlung wants to off Asia. We see immediately. And he wants to do this via Blanca. He tries to contract him. No, says Blanca. Eiji wants to meet Yu Lung, ironically enough, the person who wants him mm-hmm. to uh, I believe the, the OP actually plays before this part. Am I wrong about that? Uh, yeah, the entire opening just... scene is just the, it's still the docks. Mm-hmm. And then launches into the banger, as you say, of an OP. Oh, I love it. And I, uh, I ironically love this OP. It's pretty cool. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Even if there is that scene where Ash makes the glass explode, I'm thinking, wait, wasn't that the scene between in with Rain, the Last Jedi, when she's in the fucking cave and there's like thousands of her? Well, oh, it's the same fucking thing. You've not seen Last Jedi, have you? Nope. Maybe Sorry. <laughs> I want to. I want to. I want to see seven and eight, but I. It just. It didn't happen at the time. I was kind of skeptical. Uh, when was it? The Force Awakens. Like the, the whole mm. thing, the whole like Disney will t- sort of Assassin's Creed eyes Star Wars and turn it into this annual for. I was very like, oh great, here we go. This is gonna fucking suck. And they're uh, going to. But but I by thought... the well, by the time like you know, I heard what everyone had to say about seven and then eight. Like, I was like, okay, well clearly these are are seem to be good films, uh, and I should seek them out. I just haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, um, exactly. Not to like bring this whole other fandom into this. 
God. Divide the chat Star- over God. over the last Star Wars Jedi. On the internet is, is, is just God. That's a, that's a toxic shoe. I don't want to walk into. Fuck that noise. I can't. Jesus, can't but I can't I think about. Uh, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead. Can't even think. You can't even talk about those fucking films online without people screaming. You know about women, main characters, as if like you know suddenly it's the end of everything ever, and that Star Wars is ma- magically ruined. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's discussion for a different time and a different show. Uh, suffice to say, don't ever talk to anyone ever about the films, even if you really like them. You, you can't. Well, no, uh, you can't. I can't. Uh, speaking of can't, I can't think about Star Wars these days without thinking about the H bomber guy. Uh, I think it's H. I, yeah, it's the H bomber guy. Force Awakens res- measured response videos. Uh, oh, have boy. you happened to see those? <laughs> I think I have a while back. There's just uh, just this one scene from them where there's like a chart, like a weird ass like 4chan chart of how everyone in the show is meant to like overthrow, you know, white masculinity and enslave us and stuff. And there's like a part where it zooms into the little new white robot and it just goes little white cockball. <laughs> and I can't think about Star Wars anymore without thinking of the phrase little white cockball. Um so uh see what I, I mean? <laughs> I have to know. See what I mean folks? <laughs> see what I fucking mean? This is why you don't ever 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 get involved in discourse on Star Wars ever. Anyway, so after the credits are the banana, <laughs> banana you know, fish. Banana Let's get back yeah, to banana so- fish. Um Yeah. Right. So AG wants to <clears throat> and meet the man who wants to kill him, Yudlung. He asks mm-hmm. Sing, right? Hey, set me up with Yudlung. And thankfully, because this is one of those scenes where I was like, well, okay, we're going to have to follow this B plot of AG hooking up with Yudlung for an episode and a half or whatever. Nope. Mm. Cut right away to Asia in a room with Yu Long. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, show. Good. Two, two, two minor points I want to make about this. First off, loving uh, Chekhov's fine art here of the fucking peacock. Oh that's man, a... yes, yeah, that, yes. I mean, that's not. Yeah, oh, that's so good. <laughs> I it's love a, that. It's a great picture, but relevant flair. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I don't know if this is just the animation, but for me, Yu Long's got like a Grinch-like expression on his face. He looks like I once wanted to do fan art, like you know, when the Grinch like curls his mouth upwards when he's speaking <laughs> evil thoughts. I went to be Ute Long instead. Oh, yeah. What? That so what scene? What scene is that? Uh, that's the one. Well, I've got the frame here. So if you will hold your thoughts for two seconds, I'll actually screenshot it. Okay. Uh, just look. And Ute Long look. saying that he's going to stop Christmas from coming. <laughs> he's going to, you know, get rid of all the who's of Whoville. But yeah. just. Just look at this and tell me that's not a Grinch-like expression. Oh, man. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's... It's the stubby nose, the way it's drawn, and then the curved smile upwards. You have to it's... post that in chat. and we can... uh, I don't know if I can, because I don't actually have anywhere to upload the image to right now. Just just trust me, folks. It's it's a thing. So, yeah, Yu <laughs> Long is going to ruin Christmas for all the who's of Whoville. Yeah. Um, his heart will not grow three sizes in one day. I'm it very will sorry. Not. No. Uh, thank you, by the way, Blue Sea, for the birthday wishes. Cheers. 
Oh, mm. gonna drink to Shadon's birthday again. Mmm. <sighs> Red Bull tastes even sweeter now on this day. <laughs> uh, you've officially gone one year past the otaku expiration date, by the way. How do you feel? Uh, I, I never was an otaku to begin with. <laughs> I'll, de- I'll, so I'll deny that to my dying day. So true. I'll, de- I'll deny that. Oh, You're like, like a, only a fighting game otaku. And even then, I'm just a guilty gear. <laughs> you, you have very narrow tastes. Hey, I like I likes what I like. What can I say? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Thank you, Emily. Now it's uh, yeah. the song. You're a mean one, Mister Lung. You, You've got what? I'm trying to make it specific to the show and not just. Say, I can't even remember the song. Termites really. in your smile. Uh, that's the only part I remember is termites and the smile. <laughs> You're a rotten. Uh, All right. So, Grinch here uh, is now face-to-face with uh, his top number one most hated eligible... Well, no, he's not an eligible bachelor anymore. Uh, I think they he really has a thing. According to the end of this episode, there's a real... Anyway, he's there with AJ. And AG confronts him, and Yudlung does the thing that he's been doing throughout, which is try to bully AG. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not, I think, saying things that are false. You know, he's like, he gave up everything for you. That's where Ash is. You want to know where Ash is? I'll tell you. He yeah. sacrificed his whole life, mm-hmm. and he's now back with Golzine, and it's all on you. See, this is the part mm-hmm. that actually is a lie. I think this is all your fault. But Eiji says, look, uh, I, I'm not into that. Like, I've decided to stop blaming myself. Mm-hmm. Like, me and Ash care about each other. And I guess this is him sort of saying in a way like, you know, Ash made this decision? Which, I mean, he did. He did. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Do you feel that that comes off as a little, like, do, do, do you feel like he should blame himself more? Do you feel like he handles this well? I think that, I think he recognizes that Yulong is actually just trying to, as you say, bully him and make him hmm. feel bad. It doesn't matter. I don't think what is actually objectively true matters mm-hmm. in this conversation. Like, he won't say it's in mm. front of a court of law or get it scientifically proven in a fucking paper of some description. Who is to blame here? Ash, you know, making the decision himself? Or is it AJ's fault for, you know, being too valuable to him? Mm. I don't think that matters. I think he recognizes that instead Yu Lung is using this as a game and he's taking pleasure in, you know, pushing his buttons. But he's not rising to it anymore. He recognizes it. He's not buying into it. He's like, fuck that. Yeah. I've been used enough as it is, you know, as a method of getting Ash, a, a weak spot for people to press against but fuck that yeah i don't i'm not playing it so i don't think it matters who's right or wrong here but i think it matters ag now is actually standing up to him i think that's a good read of the situation i mean yeah clearly Yutlung just derives pleasure from twisting ag and ag is basically and he's you know Yulung's like look do you want to just end your own life you can jump out this window here and uh you know ag's like look it doesn't matter we care about each other, and I'm going to save him no matter what. 
and takes mm-hmm. a hard line. And Yudlung <laughs> gets a little flustered here. Yeah. And uh, I have to say, I laughed out loud <laughs> when when <laughs> Singh was giving him shit and he threw his, his glass at him. <laughs> it's this just is like, the thing, though. Even Singh what do you know, up? Singh? <laughs> this is the thing, though. Even Singh now is standing up again uh, to him. You know, previously he was just kind of his own little thrall, but now he's like, you know, being very proactive and Man. making his. Like, Yudlung gives him a long leash. You know, Singh is basically like, if you keep fucking around Colzine, I'm going to side with Eiji. Just tells him right there, you know? And it's like, yeah. like the, the little boy is now a man. He's <laughs> growing up right before our eyes. Mm-hmm. It it's was fucking awesome. Told. By the way, Mira, there are, just to comment on what you said there, there are so many things in this episode that are my favorite thing. Oh boy! Even the, even the stuff that was actively awful to watch, I still mm. really like narratively, and the comedic bits that we'll get to later on are just chef's kiss. Loved them, absolutely loved them. Here's there's plenty of favorite things in this. Here's a thing that happened uh, immediately after Yutlung throws his glass on the wall. Cut to Ash in a government meeting, like mm-hmm. at just at a, a round table full of uh, uniformed military folks, government officials, uh, with Dino at the head of the table, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's being evil as fuck, is uh, Ash, and with yeah, D- Dino really, you know, pushing him, of course, uh, into the situation. He's he's entrapped him, but but Ash just, I mean. Is a cold ass motherfucker right here. Very, yeah. very ice palace, right? Of him, just In, well, yeah. Saying, "Hey, like, I mean, I don't even know the particulars of the situation, but uh, they're they're trying to uh, sort of correct some sort of uh, foreign affair situation." Um, mm-hmm. And Ash is just like, uh, "Just do a coup, and you won't wreck the economy." Just abandon the yeah. troops that are already there. And... Drop a little banana fish in, you know. Yeah. Get it all out <laughs> yes. Use banana fish. Wow. Like, whew. I mean, that must have. He's really, he's got a really good poker face. I mean, that must have, like, bear, just bear destroyed mind him his brother. <laughs> like... Bear in mind his brother. You know, weapons to him. I know. Poisoned with that stuff. As a, as in... a military man. In, yep, in a you know country not too dissimilar from the you know entirely fictional nation of what I originally thought was Kafkaistan, like <laughs> Kafkaistan. <laughs> I really misread it. Is that <laughs> Kafkaesque? Yeah, I don't yep. know. It's, Maybe uh, that's... you know li- a, a population of like you know human-sized roaches with bowler hats. Is that what that's what it would be, Kafkaistan? <laughs> um, uh, you're getting more birthday wishes from chat, so. Thank you, everyone. Hooray, hooray. Uh, I'm just regretful I didn't have, like, a tiny, like, you know, hat. Mazel. little conal hat. Or a little slide. <laughs> I didn't manage to find any while I was out shopping today, sadly. Ah, well. Boo. <laughs> Come on, Manchester. Stock the good things. I'll up my game next year. So When well, we do Darling in the Frank Season 2, because that's going to happen eventually. <laughs> say it. Don't say it. Is for a minute I thought like you said this because it was real, <laughs> and I was gonna be just like 
I see that stress ball. I saw that stress ball pop into frame I mean, in just a second. <laughs> like, there's a part of me that would want to cover it just to be a fucking completionist no. about this shit. No. But, but we Fuck can't. That. No. We cannot. That. We cannot. Fuck uh, that. I, I would rather yeah. floss with steel wool than watch that piece <laughs> of shit. Fuck that. So. I do. you think a little bit of the the bite was taken out of the scene later on when Ash said, "I'm only saying like what I read your simulations say was the best alternative anyway. Like this is already what you were going to do. You just wanted me to no, say it to pass a test or something." I I don't, and I think I have an idea why. Um, so this is the first we see of Ash in this episode. And this is the first mm-hmm. time we see him post the agreement that he made earlier in right. episode um, 18, where he's like, you know, okay, I'm going to go back and be with Golzi. And the cold intro to this, um, of him doing this, you know, being like, look, generals, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but I have a plan, and it's going to be great. You don't immediately know if that's him doing it willingly on. Yeah, oh, it's sure. An, sure. It's an, it, and I think also... As the episode goes on, we get a kind of conflict going of who Golzine wants Ash to be versus Ash very rightly saying, no, eat shit, old man, piss <laughs> off. Um, so I think that this is meant to be an, uh, a taste of how Golzine would like him to be genuine. So I think that even if the bite is taken out of it, you use it as kind of a template to fit, form a yeah. picture of Ash as Golzine envisions him being. Bear in mind that, as you said, he's at the head of the table. But he doesn't actually say anything in this, you know, otherwise very pedestrian discussion about, I can't believe I'm saying pedestrian, about, you know, third world insurgency, but you get my point. Uh, but he's not actually intervening or prodding him. He's just there watching silently. Still taking notes, I imagine. He's like, right, well, he said that. Yep, he intervened there. Score it. You know, there's all little internal grading system. So I don't think it, um, I don't think even if the bite was taken out a little bit, I think you still have to keep it in mind for the dichotomy that's going to fall throughout this entire episode of, I want you to be like this, you little shit, versus no, fuck you, old man. Because that's the kind of, that's the conflict, isn't it? Well, one thing that you did say in the beginning, before you kind of knew, I mean, it was very... Shock! I, just, wow. It hit me. It, it hit me hard uh, to see them, see them call for banana fish. I mean, that was, that was something. Yeah. Um, and but it, but it is interesting that you, yeah, that it kind of like presages this like conflict that mm-hmm. will be revealed later on in the episode. And uh, you know when they go in the back room then and say all the stuff that we kind of talked about, like Ash saying like, "Look, I just you just I know what you wanted me to say." Uh, and goal scenes, yes. well, Ash basically is like, "Look, what you got me doing now is kind of a living hell." So. I'm cool with like being the prostitute, like we talked about before. Like we, you know, they yeah. use me up. Da 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 da. Like yeah. you said, that was going to happen. What are you doing? Let's make this happen because this sucks. And uh, mm-hmm. Golzine usually like, physically, not mentally or emotionally. Right. Yes. And Golzine, even though that kind of goes on. Yeah. And Golzine is like, well, I am doing that. Only you're now a prostitute of the soul. And that mm-hmm. is what you're selling. And then he just leans over him all menacingly oh, and is like, "Man, you're mine, bitch. And 
you know, uh, you can't get away from me. And goes in to give him a, a smooch and uh, gets bitten for his trouble. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he brings a peacock reference, you know. What does he say? He's like um, feisty you're a, peacock you're a, or something. Yeah, you're a uh, angry peacock with sharp claws. Some yes. Side effects. Yes. Yes. Ugh. Um, that whole scene was. Woof. I'm saying I'm gonna say for a talking point later, but this episode had some absolutely magnificent camera direction, um, mm. storyboarding, uh, color schemes as well are quite important in a, in the the scene. The fucking scene. Oh, God. So, just put a pin in all of that stuff for later, because there's a lot I'm going to want to talk about, about how this episode, not so much just only about what was actually said, but how it framed it, uh, was really important in selling just how wretched this whole setup is. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, wretched wretched is a good word to describe it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Golzine is going to give the city to him, he says, one day. And, uh, the next thing that I have in my notes, and I might be skipping over something, uh, the ash collapses. Um, mm-hmm. I think he was gonna like come in and see it. like Blanca and and Golzine are talking, and they're talking about ash, and and ash comes into the room and he collapses. It turns out he's very sick. He's been living. You on might have skipped room. over very br- just a very brief okay. thing. Yeah. You skipped over the scene where uh, we catch up with you know. B plot celebrities that they are, Max and eBay. You know where the fuck have they been for the past couple of episodes? They're in a bar. Oh, yeah, I did and, skip that on purpose because yeah, you know, there's not really not really much to say. But I just do love again that Banana Fish continues its trend of delivering all of its exposition characters via the Ab News Network. Like yeah, so Command and Conquer News Network. I love it. That's right. That's right. Deep. So Dino. Uh, Dino has has escaped uh, yeah. the tax evasion fraud allegations. Uh, as mm-hmm. as Jay Z once poetically said, he he beat them charges like Rocky, and so he's a uh, free man and no longer the threat of like being involved in perhaps the greatest scandal the Western world has ever seen. <laughs> Um, oh god, there, there was a line earlier in on that I think you long said like there's a national scandal supposed to be happening. Like you can't say that in the modern blissful climate. Holy fuck, there's one every week. Yeah. Oh well. Yes. Jesus fuck. <sighs> anyway. Anyway. So, uh, like I said, Ash is sick, um, and he's been living on an IV drip for the past week, which just sounds harrowing. Um. And Blanca recognizes that it is a psychosomatic disorder, uh, that it is mental as much as a physical thing, and says, like, look, he needs a psychiatrist, not just a doctor. He's going to die if this keeps up. I cannot imagine what that fucking shrink session would be like. Let me just put it this way, folks, right? If they they fucking brought someone in and says, okay, why are you doing this? Because you're obviously on hunger strike. You're not eating. And Ash goes, well, it's because I don't want to be raped by my, you know, pseudo-dad, the fucking chromed over there. Like, what does the psychiatrist then say? You know, think, but think about your health. <laughs> I mean, I would, exactly. I, would, I would not want to be this. I would not want to be the shrink doing that brown couch examination. No. That's no. Sure. Jesus. I mean, to have to. God. The only way you could bend eyes if you had fucking Docs and Nick Riviera or something. <laughs> hey, buddy. God. Like. 
Yeah, I mean, you'd have to, boy, yeah, it it, it would be a very compromised uh, therapist. Um, God. So, uh, cut to, right, AG and Singh planning uh, to make a rescue, to rescue Ash at this great big party that's going to happen mm-hmm. um, in light of uh, said charges being beaten like Rocky mm-hmm. by Golzine. Why do, why do I get the feeling that if you wanted to, you could like, if there was an enterprising modder out there, they could turn this into a new Hitman level? <laughs> like, really, well, honestly, like, when's, yeah. when, when's, the, yeah. where's the cameo of Agent 47? Like, you're just going <laughs> to see a guy with a fucking barcode on the back of his neck wandering the crowds. Like, right, I'm going to get Ash out, I'm going to kill the fuck out of Blanca, I'm going to kill the fuck out of Golzine. Man. But sadly, you know, we can't rely on, you know, uh, clones from a failed assassin projects. No. They're going to have to do it themselves. You'd be like, uh, alright, right, Agent 47, dress up like a character from Streets of Rage and get in there. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be good. You won't be out of place uh, oh, in this anime. Um, yeah, AG, you're right. That's right, AG asked for a gun. Um, Holy shit. And he told Yulung in the scene prior like that he would save him by any means necessary, including killing people. And he said it was a straight face, like, seems committed. And uh, he's following through with it, I guess. Um, boy, oh boy. Next episode. Like, does Eiji kill someone? I mean, I, I fucking hope not. <sighs> it's going to stress me out, man. <laughs> Fuck, you know, if it's only like this episode, it's good. Well, I mean, I don't have any hair left on this side, but this bit's going to fall out. So go. Can't cope. Either that'll be as fucking silver as a fucking Rolex. Jesus. Anyway. All right. Anyway. Here, here. This. I think this might be the scene that you're you were referring to before. Oh fuck. Uh, no, oh yes. Well, there are many scenes. There are many such scenes. But this is this is the fun one. This is the most fun moment I think in the entire show's run. Yeah. And it could not have happened to a more deserving prey. <laughs> the cock blockery. <laughs> it just. Wow. If I uh, right. If I. If I was writing like an article for Urban Dictionary to define the phrase "cock blocking," mm-hmm. I would put a YouTube video clip of this scene. I would because it's mag fucking magnificent. It's it's just the best. I was howling, yeah, and I was just like, like it's at this point that Luke Young basically not only was he a great character, became the best character. Yeah, like holy shit. Um, I have to explain. Like, so basically, Blanca's like enjoying a nice soap sud filled bath, and a maid's come in and he's chatting her up. And you know, looks like things are going to start getting steamy in this little bathhouse situation here. And in a way that I can only assume he was there the entire time, just like round the corner and waiting for like a whole fucking hour. Luke Young comes in and says, Oh, monsieur, but but did you not make love to me last night? Oh, and now you're bringing. You're now seducing this woman. Oh no, the shame of it all. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. And I was just there, like, <laughs> I'll buy your fucking drink, mate. That was fucking <laughs> legendary. Holy shit. Uh, so, yes, the lady is very, very, you know, disgusted with Blanca's supposed impropriety and uh, leaves. And, man, what a guy. I'm raising what, a drink because that, that scene, that 
that scene was I mean, not only was it just a great cop block, it was a great cop block to a person who utterly fucking deserved it. Blanca's existence in the show is justified now, if only because he got dumps on so hard. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. It was it was very funny. Um We have to ask a poll. We've got to put a poll. Is that the best comedic scene in the show's run? Okay. We've got to find out. I want to know. I mean, there are plenty of great comedy scenes in the show overall. I mean, who can forget, you know, the uh, the nurses uh, decides to, you know, have a brief moment to themselves in the closet. Or the later <laughs> moment in this episode in which uh, Lanka and Singh, you know, compare vital statistics in a way that I found hilarious. Oh, God. <laughs> vital I... statistics. Yeah. Oh. oh, boy. By the way, that scene later is going to be important because I want to talk about tone. Tone, tone is an important thing to talk about when it comes to this show. And I think I, I think Banana Fish has educated me on how it should work. I actually done properly. Okay. Is well interesting. I'll, I'm, I'm I'll curious explain, to hear. I'll explain why when we get to the talking points. There's going to be a shit it's on South mm. All right. So I've posted the poll. You Lung and Blanca, one true pair forever, says Blissey. <laughs> oh, I have to say, like, Yutlung does seem taken with Blanca, and I did not... I mean, I thought Yutlung would be all about that ash, uh, but I, he, he seems to he seems to have been, been kind of swept off his feet somewhat by, by Sergei. Uh, Sergei, yes. Uh, if, you're, if you, by the way... If you, by the way, are from the United Kingdom, um, or maybe even ROI, uh, you might be aware of Compare the Market adverts on TV Random Segway, which are hosted by CGI Meerkats, one of whom is called Sergey! <laughs> Sergey, compare the market.com. <laughs> it gets you a great car insurance deals, yes. You can save yourself two for one movies, Sergey. Oh, no. uh, so, unfortunately, because of that name already being used, oh. I just. I just, well, I mean, I already can't really take Blanca serious out of this. He's destroyed. Like, he has utterly been decimated. Like, as far as his character is concerned, if you ever seen Terminator 2, you see, like, uh, Sarah Connor when she's having that nightmare and she gets the fuck blown away in, you know, by the nukes. That's what's happened to Blanca's character. Like, he's done. That's it. Because he just got fucking destroyed. Um,. Yeah, I'm in agreement, Slurbell. They are the worst fucking adverts ever. They are pretty. <laughs> Like, <clears throat> I'd, I think, I mean, it's probably a character flaw of mine, but I I can't help but just poorly done Eastern European accents, like, I just think are hilarious. I mm-hmm. I can't. They just tickle me. It's probably just makes wrong, me blank, but... Just makes me wonder what Blanca's voice would be like <clears throat> if it was in an English dub. Holy shit. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> God. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, unless like, well, I don't. I don't generally know how this works. If this is a thing, but I feel like what might happen is since he comes in so late in the game, uh, you know, like perhaps when assigning voice roles, maybe this was this kind of thing that would happen in the past. Uh, they wouldn't sort of read the scripts ahead of time and do the background research on who the character is <laughs> so it'd just be like a normal dude and then they get to the episode 19 script and be like oh shit 
he's like from Belarus or something. I think his no, wife is I... from Belarus, but <laughs> quite pot. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, um, man. If there's one thing I just want to play out very quickly in this uh, scene between uh, Blanca and Luke Young, apart from the discussion they're having in which uh, they come to an agreement, uh, they sign a you know well that chapter's late, but they start discussing like you know roles and such. Um, people have you know banana fish is a boys love manga and. I'm actually, even as a het guy, appreciative that they preserved that in the show because the camera again speaks very much to the fact that whoops, when Blanca is leaning over him, and you get like this going upward shot of his <clears> chest, <throat> and like, yep, they're preserving that. They're keeping that element in. You know, there's your fan service right there. The you know the ladies. And I'm like, good. I'm glad for that. Hmm. I just had to type a bad joke. All right. <laughs> we never type good jokes. No, never, never. Uh, so yeah, this is where Blanca reveals that, or rather, Luke yeah. reveals that he knows about Blanca's history. He did his homework. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had his people thoroughly research Mister Sergei Vrishnikov. I can't really yep. read my own handwriting, but his wife Natasha, etc., etc. Like they just looked at his Facebook profile. Simple as that. <laughs> There was a data leak the other day. That's how I got this information. It's no no yeah. special skills. Um, I'm just hoping they start listing off like things like you know favorite beer, uh, you know turn ons, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> relationship status, like birthmarks. If this was like a if this was a you know if all things were right in the world, maybe there's some kind of fan parody or whatever. Like Yu Lung will be talking and then it'll like pause mid thing and do some over the top narration. Like actually. Blanca had just forgotten to set his Facebook profile to private. <laughs> you know, and then he will continue talking as if he were an impressive hacker. Now um, let me hire you through LinkedIn. Oh, hi, Saria. No problem that you're that you're late. No worries. Um, hey, it's all good. You know, this is an interesting... So Charlie says that uh, they dislike Blanca, but find him interesting. Like, I think that kind of... That sort of sums up how I feel about him also um yeah so but we'll we'll get into it um yeah i'm with emily on this one i think that Blanca's complete disinterest or unwilling to you know recognize the horrific situation that ash is in that goes beyond disliking him and makes me actively uninterested in him as a character because he simply they, they won't talk about it but i went back you know i went off about this for hours in the previous stream so i'll not hours. do that this time you, you you've you've heard me you've heard me talk about that yeah, yeah. It's just he he wants him to to live, and to him, it's like a binary between dying against Dino or living with him under his horrible abuse and tyranny. Um, there's no other option for him, and so I, I do want to know more about why he thinks why he sees things that way like what from whence comes this loyalty to Goldstein you know like because clearly I mean well I say clearly um let me walk that back the the conclusion I was going to draw and just say the bare fact of the scene he's reporting his dealings with Yutlung to Goldstein so it would seem to me like based on that and everything else has transpired, he's got some kind of like some kind of loyalty to him. 
And because, you know, he, he hasn't said, Ash, I'll get you out of this, or, like, you can live on your own away from... Like, I don't know if he just sort of sees him as this all-powerful monster whose reach you can't avoid. I guess that's possible. Or he really does, like, mm-hmm. have some kind of, like, weird loyalty to him. And it's anything goes, because, I mean, the man's a fucking assassin. So, mm-hmm. again, like we pointed out last episode, his uh, his moral compass is likely to be on the fritz. Uh, if so... he'd be the husband. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, Silver, we will have to talk about the next scene. Fuck. No. Oh, boy. <sighs> right. Uh, can well, I just well, can I just preface Can I just preface this discussion about the next scene? Well, there is a, another point I wanted before the oh, scene no, that's yeah, going to yeah, happen. Go on, go on, just another on, thing I I thought was really interesting to hit home what we're talking about, like that. So after the you know history <sighs> lesson, when it's become clear, like. Yutlung has the attention now of Blanca, and they're going to make some kind of deal, or at least he's going to hear what he has to say at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Yutlung says to him, like, you know, or no, I'm sorry, Blanca says to Yutlung, Ash hates me now uh, for my part in in what I did, mm-hmm. bringing him back to the Monsieur. And Understandably. Yutlung, and, and Yutlung asks him, like, do you regret what you did since he hates you? No says Blanca and because I guess because he because he lives he's able to to live and uh, I guess eventually I guess Blanca thinks he'll eventually you know like either weather the storm and Dino will die or he'll come around or I don't fucking know but I think you know nope. he's just like look no nope. uh, nope. he's alive and that's the important thing to me so I don't care if he hates me too bad he isn't making distinction between being alive and living, which in my view are very different things. Plus, there's a thing that's hinted at the end of the episode that uh, ooh, fuck. We'll get to it, we'll get to it. Alright, so, okay. this this next scene, this next fucking, yeah. Yeah, oh my god. Alright, I want to preface where we when we talk about, you know, this scene here with something to follow up the last stream of thought. So I went off on a bit of a rant last time about how I was getting kind of irritated about how there wasn't any discussion, like, you know, from Ash by view, like, what it meant to be the victim of rape, but of the horrible situation he's in. Like, it didn't, to me, give us that kind of, you know, the victim gets the perspective out there and we get to truly understand their emotions and, you know, see that. I understand that that doesn't happen necessarily all the time in reality and certainly not between certain people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different for everyone. Um, but in fiction, I think that, you know, it would be disingenuous not to take advantage of that to get that out there for the sake of A, good drama, and B, because I think that, you know, it's worth talking. I found this next scene fucking revulsive. Like, I... Oh, I honestly felt grim as fuck. Now, here's the thing. That is entirely intended by the scene itself, and that's not a bad thing for the show to do. Like, when I say I'm repulsed by it, like, I could watch, say, a different show in which something horrific happens, I'm repulsed by it because it's not racively justified by its presence. I mean, how many anime are there out there that are just complete trash in which horrific things happen to people, male, female, or whoever, you know, and Tulu Bell, there you go. Tulu Bell's just summed up, basically. I was like, can we not fucking have this happen? It happened, I was like, ah, two fingers down, throat. Nope, that's it. Fuck. 
All right. So, do you want to talk about I have, I have the privilege of reading you poor the man. notes you poor uh, man. for this scene. Fuck. All right. Help me, Agretzko. You're my only hope. Going to make it through. Okay. Are you going to so, start singing about it in like death metal karaoke style? Yes! Adoption of the Morning! That was actually... <laughs> that's that was legit. Holy shit! We clearly need to get you down on the fucking karaoke at some point, Doc. That was impressive. Oh, uh, I I love that show, Agretzko. If you've not seen I it, it's a hundred percent worth your time. It's so good. Um. Okay. So. Oh boy, Dino tells Ash. Um, that's a good point, Lucy. Uh, it, it sounds like, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, a- according to the history, Yutlung found out his wife is dead, but, um, you know, purely like speculatively here, like fantasy writing this show, that could be, could be one of the reasons that Blanca is so blindly loyal to, to Dino because he, he has his dead wife, you know what I mean? Like, on the record she's dead but perhaps she's like been disappeared or kidnapped or is living under a false identity like under well, bear in mind when it was with the lady you know. before though i don't know i don't know i'm gonna assume she is because he was definitely willing to you know get soapy and sooty with that lady before just saying <laughs> if well, he was if he was no i mean that's a good point uh you know i mean he's but perhaps he's you know maybe they have an open marriage <laughs> who can say he but yeah uh, he's, I, he's either not the most uh, faithful fellows or he's moved on um, also oh I forgot to point this shit out about the cock blockery this is, I'd rather talk about this um, we're doing anything to delay talking about like, the scene um, I know uh, so do you think the lady was sort of grossed out uh, because Yutlung looks so young or because he was because Blanca was um, promiscuous, was a player, or just because he was a man? Because if it's just because he was a man, I would say, "Hey, maid lady, like, I, there's such you know a what? thing called bisexuals. Get <laughs> just chill. You know, I'm, you know. Um, I'm not going to provide an answer to this because the thing is, it's she's clearly a bit character for a joke. No, of course. So of it's course. not. I don't think. It, I don't think it's worth. Worrying about. No, I, I know. I... <laughs> I think all the things she said there could be valid, but ultimately it's not worth worrying about. At the end of the day, the joke was Lanka, like, you know, was about to get himself some tail, and then next thing you know, oh, oh I'm sorry, I didn't need to walk in here. I was just thinking about the amazing. The passionate lovemaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, all right. So Galzine tells Ash that at this party, that he's going to have. Um, oh boy. So, uh, Apinovi says that in the manga, the maid says, like, she's lamenting, like, oh, all the men in New York are either taken or gay. Uh, and so that's like... I Yeah, thank <laughs> God they dropped that line. That, yeah. yeah. Wise choice. Yeah, I agree. Wise choice to drop just, that. Yeah, well just let it be unspoken. I agree. Um, well, oh, and she was being toyed with. Well, maybe if it's just a frustration. I, yeah, 
Okay, I mean... Bit part didn't need it, let's yeah. move on. Yeah. Actually, I don't... I can't believe I said that given the scene next. Fuck. Right. Um, We're really struggling with this, because it's just going to be rough to talk about. Fuck. At the party, Golzine is going to make it official that he adopts Ash. Mm-hmm. And... Understandably, I think, given all that has come to pass in this show alone, uh, but by that I mean in the events we've seen, like present day, let alone all the past shit, Ash Links snaps. And it is. It is like. It's kind of hard to watch, right? I mean, it's it's. He is, uh, he's like broken, I think, <laughs> like, and he finally, he finally loses it and breaks down. You know, Ash Links, the, the man who's always cool under pressure and steps ahead of everyone, just like, you're going to be my dad? Fuck off. What the fuck? Like, do you understand even like one one thousandth of a thousandth of what you have done to me, what's been done by your people, what you've the pain and suffering you've wrought of my life directly or indirectly. And he just starts laughing because it's one of those like you're going to cry or laugh. He's hysterical. He's hysterical. And I mean, and then motherfucking Golzine cannot handle this uh like calmly uh he does not either he's disgusted by seeing his uh you know son and uh lover abusey like all you know a lover not certainly from ash's point of view but obviously from golzine's twisted point of view i think you think uh seeing the the object of his obsession affection uh all that like sort of undignified right laughing and rolling around on the hospital bed gown like unbuttoned calling him you know like laughing at him uh he starts to beat the shit out of him and you know draws blood from weakened sickened ash when he kicks him in the mouth and punches him in the face and thank god people rush in there and before he ends uh before the scene ends i'm getting my paper bag because he says i'll teach you i'll make you a chaste wife Whoa. Oh. Ah. Ah. oh christ almighty Motherfucker. I have a question for you, Doc. Oh, hit me. I have a question for you. Okay. Was that scene maybe even not necessarily as harrowing, but close to as harrowing as the eclipse from Berserk? Because it stirred similar feelings in me, that's for fucking sure. Hmm. Oh, fuck. I will say 
I'll say no. Fair. But I mean, it's, it's not close. like it's, it's not close. like it's, it's far away. And it's and close, mate. For me, and I think I mean, if I sat down right and did the horrible tasks that I would wish on no one, and did like a spreadsheet of like pros and cons or whatever in comparison, uh, conceptually they might come out um, a roughly even footing. Uh, I think just experientially, the way I watched Berserk for the first time, I just saw almost all of it in one go. So everything was like building up and it, you know, what happened was like, the cherry on top is not the right word, but it had been kicking you in the gut and this was like the coup de grace shot of the curb stomp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yep. this this is like um the suffering in this has been kind of constant rather than building to that crescendo and i've had a lot more time to process everything you know you get an episode a week mm. comes easier to stomach everything and kind of not normalize but just like you get kind of oriented process, in the universe of the show say, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you you kind of are like, okay, here's here's the world, uh, and here's what's what's up. Um, Man, but yeah, no, I agree with everyone about the the acting and the, oh, the animation I... and everything from a from a technical point of view. They really did justice to the emotional like heft of the scene. I'm gonna save because I've got a detailed list of things I want to talk about with relation to that, and also the earlier scene which followed the meeting with the U.S. generals. Um, but holy shit, I've maybe I'm ignorant of it in other shows, but I cannot think of a scene of a show I've seen recently where so many little details were being used to such great effect to help sell how nauseating that was. Uh, on top of some other bits that were, like, I've, I don't want to spoil it all now, so I'm going to save it for talking. The final thing I'll say is that I was curling my hands like this throughout all of it. Mm. And here's the thing, right? That was like the monkey's paw closing because I asked for it. I said, give me this give me this fucking thing that I want to see. And I got it. And afterwards, I was just like... <sighs> thankfully, thankfully, we get some nice aftercare. Mm-hmm. Um, this yes. is the tone yes. thing that I mentioned, which I'll again bring up at the top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, uh, let's move away from this for the moment. Yeah. Um, to uh, a scene that I feel like of all the banana fish scenes so far, this scene felt the most like. Uh, what am I trying to say? That like a bunch of stuff that was meant to support it was cut out of the narrative like it's just here boom we got an attempt on Yutlung's life out of the blue uh oh are you not talking about the brief comedic bit with uh su ling and blanca we gotta mention oh that that's right that, that at the door yeah yeah i uh Sorry, I th- there was a, a comedic bit. <laughs> There's actually a part that I liked better right after that, but but yeah, no, they they visit at the same time, and uh, it's like, hey, pal, you're blocking the sun. Get out of the way. <laughs> this guy's huge, and I didn't even sense him coming, which is that's got to be kind of a remarkable feat. 
mm-hmm. to to kind of hide a presence of a physicality mm-hmm. that large. But yeah, can you just say what? Uh, you know when you said that about like hiding the sun? Yeah, yes. Uh huh. Is that meant to be the show's? Is that meant to be like a heavy-handed reference to the fact that he's the one thing stopping Ash from doing what mm. he wants to do? That might be. I think that might possibly be too on the nose, and that's not considered that. Who might, who otherwise shouldn't know that, but well, anyway, just there. Uh, make it that way you will, folks, in the pots of my head, then. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, so but then, like I said, suddenly an assassination attempt on Yutlung, which, again, felt uh, really crowbarred into the episode. And it just kind of happens. It's like, oh, it's just a cook, you know, he took his own life. After trying to uh, to off Yutlum, um, Singh wants to kill him, but Blanca says no. I guess because he wasn't getting paid for it. Why he objects to the killing of this person? Not sure. Maybe he to find out who he was. He has the honor. He... The honor code. Well, it's fine. I think he was who... Yeah, no, that's find probably true. Yeah, that's why he remarks well about the poison bill being taken. The guy yes. takes cyanide. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, when he gets patched up, uh, does Yutlung, um, Blanca kind of talks to him and begins to feel a lot of pity or sympathy, I guess, for him in that he doesn't even know who it is at this point that's trying to kill him. Could be anybody. He's got a lot of enemies. You have too many enemies, but one so young. I was born under, you know, the wrong stars, says Yutlung, and, uh, of course, I mean, his life has been tragic from essentially the get-go. And so, naturally, he believes that he's just some sort of, like, evil destiny. Like, that's not the right way to phrase it. Or curse is not quite right. But yeah, born under the wrong stars. Like, his, his lot in life is a, is a is suffering. It's just a bad one. Um, and uh, so, the big guy, Blanca... Uh, says, you know, okay, we'll do a deal. But the deal is, I'm your Yojimbo. I will be your bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Even if Ash tries to kill you, I will stop him. That's the deal. And Yulung's face. <laughs> Man, he's just like... Oh, oh, no, he's like... You will? Oh, I'm surprised they call him Senpai at that point. <laughs> the big, like, wet eyes. Like, and I, I could not help but, like... I mean, this is just a situation of awful people, of course, you know, interacting. But I couldn't help but be like, oh, Yulung finally, like, like he's been throughout the episode, I think, trying to win people over and failing. And he mm-hmm. finally got a hard-won prize. Well, you he, know, hey, Blanca fair, denied him, entire... denied him, and denied him, and then he got him. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, he won at the audience over with the immense... You know, masterful execution of Operation Cockblock. <laughs> well, I was already in Camp Yutlung, so he didn't have to win the oh, place, yeah, but, but yes. Oh, yeah. Well, th- if any doubts remained at that mm-hmm. point, they were... It's true. And... It's true. And, um... So, but, of course, uh, the moment cannot be as as intimate as Yutlung would like, because mm-hmm. Singh is there. You know... <laughs> You know, I have to say, like, when you Long was saying, like, oh, you made such love to me last night, like that, 
Like, I get the feeling, like, maybe after some more time that he spent with Blanca, maybe he actually wants that. Maybe he maybe he wants, you know, uh, a piece of Sergei. I mean, in the scene before when he's leaning over him with the open robe. And his, That's what I was saying about before the camera. His pecs are mean, just, like, like, spilling out of there onto Yutlung with the champagne. Like, of course. <laughs> I mean, the smells of him coming off, like, from the from fresh from the bath. You know Yutlung is just, like... Kind of salivating. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then of course, Sergei goes, You'd look, let me tell you about CompareTheMarket.com. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fuck. <laughs> sorry. Oh. Sorry. You only get that if you're British. I'm very, very sorry for anyone in America uh, who doesn't understand why I'm making jokes about me. Hey, there we go. <laughs> oh, damn. But yeah, uh, so Singh is in to... there, is, is in the room, right? And He is, yeah. Uh, it's sort of like, hey, what's going on? Hey, hey, what's up? Huh? Your bodyguard? Who are you? Pay attention what to you me. Doing? Pay attention yeah. to me. <laughs> what, are what are you doing? 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 Uh, and, uh, Yut Lung just like, basically just says harumph. <laughs> and it's just fucking adorable. <laughs> just... Well, to be fair, like, he knows now how it feels to be cop blocks as well. What are, who... Who asked for you, Sing? What are you doing here? Yep. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very good. Sing. Oh, man. Uh, so, let's see. What's left in this episode? Uh, we have two scenes right... left. Uh, one of which is of um, Su Ling's uh, wonderful D&D session he's hosting in the basement. <laughs> We've got two skate routes here. We've got 30 minutes before the cops All right, boys, roll I'm for, the GM. <laughs> roll for initiative, agent. Oh, you got one, though. Fuck. Oh. Pass your character sheets in. So, uh, we have Blanca, of course, reporting, like I mentioned earlier, to Golzine. It says, like, you know, I've signed this contract with Yudlung. Golzine, Dino, very serious. Uh... You won't let your emotions get the better of you, will you? I'm like, what, what, I was like, but that's blind crowd emotions. I've not seen any fucking emotions from this guy. I don't think you've got anything to worry about, Golzine. I, I, I think you know, he does. This... I think I this is that. where, I think Blanca lies right here. It's so obvious that he's lying when he says, mm-hmm. no, I'll keep them in check. Obviously, I'm, I'm... he's going to fucking sacrifice his life for you, Lung, and be like, I want to do for you what I couldn't do for Eiji. I mean, for Ash. No, I think, oh. I mean, I want to, no, I can't do the accent. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, he's Eastern European. Yeah. I can't do that. I uh, want to do no, for I'm... you what I couldn't do for Ash. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I am dead. <laughs> dead, so dead. At least I got good uh, car insurance from comparisonmeerkat.com. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, about that. <sighs> um, but I was going to say, like, if you want to make the alternative uh, reading, that it'll turn out that uh, Blanca is just a fucking Terminator, and he gets like a little bit of his face peeled off to reveal the metallic endoskeleton. Then I would buy that. <laughs> John Connor, come back to I'm the future. For, I'm looking for Ashlings. <laughs> come with me if you want to leave. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> Um, um, so, so the final scene, which yeah. is of uh, Ash 
and Golzine game ready for the party. And oh boy, this fucking scene. Oh man, this might have hit me more than I can't decide. I mean, I the a, other I scene, the other scene is brutal. I have a theory. The other scene is incredibly brutal. Uh, but like. I'm sorry, so I'm so sorry. Uh, fuck, but um, the scene when when Ash is just dead eyed, like I have a there's feeling. no lights in his eyes. Oh, fucking! I have a feeling. Punched me in the mouth. God. Okay, but but obviously, so. like he could be on on like drugs. Like I mean, uh, Dino or a drug or a drug. Oh, fucking fucking hell! Don't. Here's the thing. Jesus Did Christ. I... Did I not feel you right? You did! Yes! It was going to happen to one of the two main characters. Yes! And here's the thing, right? What has Golzine been wanting to have Ash to do all this time? Why do you think he beats the shit out of him? Because he wants him to step, get in line and do as he's told. You'll be mine or I'll he's kill not... you. Yeah. Bear in mind also, why is Ash now in the wheelchair? Now, yeah, maybe he's weak. But who else was in a wheelchair after they'd been poisoned by banana fish? His brother. I'm willing to bet you dollars to fucking donuts that they've done it. They fucking drugged him up with banana fish to make him be complicit. I don't want to be right. They can't take him away from me. Like, I'll just be so fucking pissed. But do you not recall the theory I had that, you know, love will win out in the end? Yeah, I mean, yes. Yes, but, oh, I just... That's my theory. I'm betting on it. I, I don't mean, want to see the show him. without him. Oh, he's he's going to come back. If it, if it is true, well, but by, by that I mean like, um, well, I, n- not without him permanently, but just to have a series of episodes where he's on Banana Fish. I mean, I mean, maybe one episode, a full episode, will be just about what he's thinking the entire time and do a lot of his internal life and illuminate things even more. Um, mm-hmm. If that's the case, I mean, I guess I could get behind it. Uh, but like, I just that would hurt me, man. If he was like just, just spiritless, if that the soul of Ash Links was was not in his body for several episodes, I would I would oh, I mean this the thematic symmetry you're talking about would be would be really cool. Um, just in the moment, I'll be like, no, no, pain, pain. <sighs> I don't want to be right. I don't want to be right. But thing is, like, I maybe this is just me speaking from the perspective of someone who's to be right. But like, I can't see how they wouldn't have this whole thing about banana fish being the big thing that it is as a you know the the, the gimmick. Not the gimmick. Sorry. Uh, what is it? I'm thinking of then the uh... God, what's the word for him? It's Almost in my head. MacGuffin? That's the one. Yes, thank you. Being the MacGuffin that is, unless they literally unless they literally had to bring it into the other like we've got the two running plot lines, which is, you know, the banana fish stuff and the boils. Where are they gonna cross over? It's gotta happen at some point. How is it gonna happen? I was thinking one of the two was gonna end up being, you know, drugged with it. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, love, friendship, affection, etc. attachment would win out. Mm-hmm. That's the way I see it happening. I could be wrong on this. I hope I am wrong because God, that's gonna fucking suck to so just have like you know, AJ find him at the past. He's like, Ash, I'm here, and he's just gonna look at him like, uh, 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 like that. So yeah, that's a note to end the episode on. Fuck, fucking sake. hell.
I'm sorry, man. That's the first thing that crossed my mind. Shit. <sighs> that fucking oh. Emily. God damn it. Shipping the meerkats. <laughs> well, you brought it back. You brought us back. You brought us back from the brinks. God, yeah. you're really oh, no, then. All right. So thank you. You've done us a real favor. Um, but yes, that's episode 19, Ice mm-hmm. Palace. Um, and a no, no idea who wrote the short story. Would would put money on Fitzgerald, uh, Hemingway, good odds as, as well. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's get to talking points. Let's get to the talking points. Uh, Shadon, take it away. Oh, right. Let's dive into it. Let's talk about let's talk about camera. Let's talk about all the various technical elements that are in place to help sell the. What's the awfulness of that fucking scene between Ash and Goals? So, firstly, color schemes. In the room that Ash is in, the entire room is in grayscale. The wallpaper is gray. The bed sheets are white and gray. The everything is gray. Even Ash's clothes, they're just plain white. Mm-hmm. Everything is monochrome in here. And that's to accentuate the fact that he is dying. The color is drained out of his life. The only thing that remains is his hair. And of course, the colours of the people in there, you know, in their clothes they're wearing. But otherwise, there's nothing there. Like, we've had very vibrant scenes before, like the scene of the peacock in full bloom, you know, like full colour. Mm-hmm. Fuck all in here that's got any colour sweat. Second, camera angles. Often, like, this scene goes through so many different angles, like over Golzin's shoulder. Dutch angle on the floor, looking at Ash as he falls over, like, very small compared to the looming figure of Golzin's leg. And then the fact the camera is shaking very slightly as well as he talks. Someone put a shitload of thought into this fucking scene on how to sell it beyond the the text. I mean, if it had just been the same thing happening and it's a straight shot of the two characters from the side, it would have still been effective. It would have still been harrowing. Mm-hmm. This is how fucking use the medium in front of you to actually sell it. Like, this is how the adaptation process works in making a truly awful, or very well executed scene, even more painful to look, watch. Blew yeah. me away. And I have to give credit as well to something else that happened. I thought it was a bit odd at first, but then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, Ugh. which is in the scene immediately following the briefing with the generals, where they're discussing, you know, the invasion of, you know, fi- fictionalist Stan or wherever the fuck <laughs> it is, um, they. There's a shot where it's from underneath the desk and we only see Ash's legs as he turns right. over to Golzin. Right. And I'm a bit... I have to say, I was a bit saddened that something didn't happen to fall, and I thought that Golzin was going to put his hand on his fucking knee. Yeah, that's what I thought And I'd too. be like... I'd be like Ugh. But mm-hmm. that being said, the whole place, you can't see what they're doing. Is he leaning in? Is he holding his hat? Like, you know, is he holding his face? Is he touching his shoulders? What the fuck is he doing? It... Ugh. Fucking chilling, man. Yeah. So... Yeah. That, I mean, that scene as well, like, you know, in which Ash just discusses all of his, like, I like to think that he's always fought that, but he's just buried it. It's how he's dealt with it. He's just put it out of his mind. Like, mm-hmm. I know this is treatment, but I'm not going to, you know, let it get to me. I'm just going to cope with it like, you know, survivors soon, survival soon. But yeah, um, the camera work in that scene was fucking magnificent. The music was absolutely chilling. I love the color gradient on it. The just keeping the monochrome to sell the fact that he was 
physically and otherwise, you know, spiritually, I suppose, dying? Holy shit, yeah. it was... Yeah. He wasn't just dying in the sense that his body was withering. But, man, this leads into something I want to ask you, though, because there's something that's mentioned here. So, Ash, I think, is doing this, you know, whole hunger strike thing deliberately. He's not... Or maybe he is, and maybe he's not doing it, but, but here's the thing. Maybe it started off that way, uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and it... Because at one point, I mean, who... and. I mean, you could, I guess, argue that he's lying to his captor here, um, mm-hmm. but he says that he's not doing it on purpose anymore, um, and that's probably also why Blanca thought psychiatry was necessary. Um, but go ahead, go ahead. It just, just set that to one side. Go ahead. So here's the thing, right? Ash is reminded by Golzi, you don't do what you're fucking told, and I will kill fucking AJ. Like, if you die, I'll kill him next. You will die. Yeah. And Ash says, and I think this is him lying to him, um, I haven't even thought about that, and it's just like his capitulation. I want to pose a question to you, and it's a fucking awful question to ask, but here's the question. Before you even ask, I believe the way that I read the scene was not that he hadn't thought about Eiji, but that he had not, it hadn't crossed his mind to take his own life to escape the situation. Mm-hmm. That's that, not, not that Eiji, but, but just that he hadn't thought of, uh, of dying to run away from Dio. Fair point. This is what Fair I thought. Point. But, but still. Okay, so question. Knowing that Golzine will absolutely murder Age, or hell might even then, you know. Oh, um, can we take a quick pause? Yes, we can. BRB. BRB. with us um <sighs> real life issues um happening so it's not a major deal or anything but uh so gonna peel back the curtain slightly here on me life uh so my wife is trying to begin 
uh, a second career uh, as an artist. Uh, her, like, when we met, she was in PR, and then she, uh, once we had uh, kids, she took off work so she could be at home to, to raise them, and our youngest child uh, is almost in school and she is looking to start uh careering again uh and so she's a painter and like she just submitted some drawings uh sorry some paintings for the first time she's ever done this uh because she was an art minor in college um not an art major so she wasn't like really networked uh, like I said, she was an English major and ended up going into PR, but like, so she submitted to a juried show and, uh, the works that she submitted were rejected. So she's feeling a little bummed about that oh. and, uh, had to encourage her and I'm going to paste the link to her, uh, website in the chat in case anybody is interested in seeing her paintings and I'm going to uh oh no okay post uh the link to her Instagram where she posts uh up to date things that are not on the website yet but uh yeah, just to get a look. And hey, if you all follow her, give her a shout. Say, hey, Doc's wife, or Annie, <laughs> as you were called. This is pretty good. I think you're a good artist. That would make my day. <laughs> so just a plug for her. Do it. And yeah, she's 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 feeling down on herself right now from from getting rejected, her first jury submission. I told her it was just because that uh they did not want to see any drawings of naked people in uh at this Kentucky college that she submitted to mm, um, Kentucky <laughs> but but who know i mean it, it it's it's a thing rejection's a thing that all artists go through you know and uh it's but it's still it's tough um thank you thank you Magorian. um Cheers. yeah um all right, enough about me. Um, All right, so I was going to ask you a question. Yes. All right, so here's the thing. I'm trying to think how best to phrase it, but um, so Ash is clearly defying gold. He doesn't want to pick any part of this, but then he's, of course, reminded that, you know, if he dies, uh, AG dies, or... And the thing is, when he said, when I say if he dies, you replace if he dies with anything. He defy, you know, gets out, escapes, runs away, kills Golzine. Even I mean, I originally thought to myself he could have killed him or fought him at any point during that. But again, he was also afraid. But you get my idea. You get where I'm going from, right? Mm-hmm. Would you agree or argue that it's acceptable for Ash to fight back as much as he can, even if it would put Age's life in danger? God. Should he basically should he allow himself to be used like this for Agee's sake or not? Where's the line drawn between what he needs and his dignity 
versus Age's life. What's the trade here? Hmm. It's a fucking hard question. Bear in mind, all the stuff that's hmm. happening to him is awful. Most wretched shit imaginable. Yeah, I mean... Is one person's life worthwhile to trade in for that? To escape, even if it is by his own death? Boy, these are very this very complex moral web, you know. Like all, I, don't I guess, count- like all really um, meaningful moral questions are. Oh, would it be? I mean, I would, I, I would find it. I would find it hard to blame him. You know what I mean? Because he's only a human being who can take so much. So, like, you know, there there may become an even an instinctual point uh, where he, like, fights back just as an involuntary reaction. Um, or, you know, we've seen him break down maybe some similar kind of breakdown would occur where he fights and he's i mean he's fucking he's not the one pulling the trigger i mean he's under duress that's it yeah i mean i don't think like he is going to be culpable in a moral sense for what these people do i think i mean would he keep blame on on himself probably would he uh is he going to continue suffering because he knows like regardless of moral culpability like the fact of the matter is like ag's life hangs in the balance like yes he's going to keep doing this and none of it's right you know i i but I, but no to answer your question i guess succinctly uh i don't think you can i don't think he would be to blame if if that happened no i'm in agreement it's hard to think about because we as, you know, the privileged outside observers are in that situation. I mean, how many times have you heard people say, even when people just point out bottles, like, well, I'd have done that differently. I mean, I'd be guilty of that as well. But you have to give credit to the fact that we're speaking as privileged observers with infinite time and infinite ability to, you know, analyze and speak through hindsight. So from my perspective, I would say he should because... Well, for one, there's no reason that they're not going to kill him anyway. Yeah. Age like. Yeah. And it's his own dignity in his own life. So, I don't know. It's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Only I mean, that's... It's difficult, like, to talk about what he should do. I mean, I, I guess... Yeah, I'm just like, you know, I, I wouldn't... I don't really blame him for taking either course of action, I guess. You know? Um, yeah. God, what a anyway. horrible yeah. dilemma. I oh. mean, what a, what, what a, this, this is extremely hard. <laughs> um, One final thing I want to address about this scene. Um, now, it has been a while since we started watching Banana Fish, so my memory is fucking shocking. So if there has been, well, if what I'm about to talk about has already happened in the show, um, I, mean, I know people are going to cite one specific scene, but I'm going to counter it. Um, please let me know. But here's the thing, right? From my memory, we've only really been told 
about the relationship that Golzine and Ash had prior to the whole banana fish incident when he found that guy in the alleyway. We're only, we only know secondhand of it. And while, yes, you know, there's that whole show don't tell thing, that's fine. Because this is the point where Ash relates his own experiences and we get to understand what their relationship was like previously and what it's like now. Like, we actually get to understand the true disgust and the true horror what he's been through. Because he's now falling back into the old ways of living on the Gorzine, except they're also worse. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. So I think that's really pivotal. I mean, the, the one scene I can think of um, that illustrate that previously was the dinner scene where you had Max, eBay, <clears throat> I think uh, Arth was there, rest in peace, or don't, fuck you, uh, and Golzine, and then they're talking about the wine. And even then, Ash always had an out. He had a method of escape. So I would argue that's not as true a picture of what their previous relationship was like as it is now. Um, so this scene, like, probably the, one of the most pivotal scenes in the entire show, seconded or possibly only equal by Short as death. Hmm. Uh, and it was just masterfully executed. I mean, people mentioned the voice acting. Uh, Ash's voice actor has knocks it out of the park. Uh, the camera work, the music, the color scheme, the design, uh, the body language, all of it was just... It was excellent. It was fan-fucking-tastic. And I hated every fucking second of it. <laughs> I know. It was so painful, dude. It, it was very painful, but yeah. Uh, what a magnificent scene. It gave me everything I wanted, and well, I hate myself for it now. Fucking great. Why did you, uh, but yeah, that's my, Why did you wish that's it my into existence? <laughs> yeah. But that's my talking point, essentially, from the colours to the actual words that were said. Okay. Um, truly a 10 out of 10 moment. Um, okay, so I have uh, I have a couple of talking mm-hmm. points. Let me let me hit the old sounder. Next point. Um, oh, this chat sharing lovely stories about family members painting, and uh, it's too sweet. Um, uh... I've now forgotten. Oh, oh, look at your notes, Doc. Read your <laughs> notes. Um, okay. My first talking point is that I think that I am now more than ever at peace with what this show is and am more accepting of it on its own terms than I have been. And both of my talking points are going to be, I think, to do with this. Um, Okay. I just think this episode, like, something about kind of the way the way the momentum kind of carried the episode through and what the episode emphasized. I think that I'm willing to say now that I that this show Banana Fish it is a crime drama first and foremost. I think that you know absolutely there are there there's a, a romance elements even mm-hmm. if there's not a what what you what tr- sort of traditional cinema might define as a romance or whatever. 
there are romantic elements and it is absolutely a character driven show much more than even something like 91 days which was you know had good characters and everything but um i feel like this show to a greater extent um is fueled by its characters and mm-hmm. like i think if if ash and Aji don't uh end up taking their relationship to places that that i myself would have liked um then then i will be okay you know there there are mm. I, i've discussed many times what i think would be would be good for uh the story thematically and and in terms of you know it, it perhaps even arrogant sort of way like what i think representation should look like um but at this point you know there's five episodes to go i loved this episode a lot and yeah i mean i think i think i'm just ready to accept banana fish on its own terms and say what like whatever you are i'm cool with even if at the beginning i thought you were going to be this other thing um and part way through i thought you were going to be this other thing you know Mm. i i i I think to say like i I don't think that you can say necessarily that this is a primarily a boy's love story you know what i mean because like the romance is is totally there there's that connection platonic Mm. though it may be up to this point and for good reason based on the characters and their stories um it's not what's driving the bus in terms of of the plot and and it's been stuff that i love i love those moments um and and clearly i mean the author is not like shying away from lgbt characters or anything like that i mean tons of these characters are that um, mm-hmm. but yeah i think I, I this is this is where I am and it feels good to be there. <laughs> um that's my first talking point. You know, um just following what you said there, I actually was gonna discuss this as my own talking point, but um I simply have actually had a reevaluation. Um I've been thinking about this a lot. Um and I think that for, it's one of those things where I don't think my criticisms of the what I feel like it should have been about, especially dealing with the relationship and dealing with the intimacy things. They don't; those criticisms don't disappear, but I can accept the show as you say for what it is, because I've come up with an idea on something else I think is quite important with the relationship as is. Um, so, I was reading um, a Twitter post a while back, and I can't remember where I saw it, but it was discussing the idea of romantic affection versus, you know, affection as attachment or being attached to someone, liking them for their qualities as opposed to making grand gestures. Mm-hmm. Now, um, side tangent here, recently been uh, re-watching Macross Delta in uh, anticipation of, you know, our very Macross Christmas Yay, special. the Macrossmas. Now, to give you an idea of what I'm talking about here, there's a scene in which the lead character, Hayati, does something for the other lead female character, Freya, that is one of the most amazing romantic gestures I've seen in anime. Uh, I don't know if you've got up to that scene yet, Doc, but you'll know it when you see it. Okay. Um, but it's a romantic gesture. It's a gesture of material 
good, some, something that happens physically in the world, as opposed to, say, a moment of intimacy. And when I'm talking about, say, I'm not talking about sexually, I'm talking about, like, you know, just, you know, a couple, like, you know, lounging mm-hmm. on a couch, you know, watching TV, shooting the breeze, that kind of thing. So when I read that post, I thought, that's a very good point. You know, romantic intimacy is uh, romantic um, gestures are fine as far as relationships go, uh, but attachment is itself very poignant. It's something that people should strive for in relationships. You know, I like this person because of their unique qualities that bring to the table, and not just because you know they give me roses and shit like that. <laughs> Why is this relevant to banana fish? So here's the thing, right? I complained at one point in this stream, uh, not on this stream specifically, but in this whole running series, mm-hmm. that I was kind of getting concerned that AG wasn't getting his lion's share of own development. You know, that he didn't seem to have that much going for him as a character. And I'm actually now decided that doesn't matter because that's the point. Mm. He is as pure, as wholesome, as he is presented. He is a shining light in Ash's life. And while I will say that, again, that doesn't entirely defang my criticism of that, of him, Mm -hmm. uh, not having as much character as I would like, because it, you know, it does make him, again, more into that kind of, you can replace him with something like a jewel or some shit. Um, But, why the attachment thing, like, he and Ash clearly have a very strong attachment for each other, Mm -hmm. it's not so overt romantic gestures, you know, serenade shit like that. Um, And I think that as a counterpoint to all the horrible shit that's happened in Ash's life where people have shown no attachment to him whatsoever. That, I, I think, like, you know, that as much as I might complain, you know, that Ash shouldn't be defined by AJ, or even when I was making that argument before, that maybe he should fight despite the risk to AJ's life just for the sake of his own dignity. I think that, you know, you can let down that argument sometimes to say, he is, AJ that is, is who Ash needs in his life. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not necessarily forever. Yeah, we um, we made that poll right about the mm-hmm. the health of their relationship, and is it mm-hmm. is it healthy? Is it healthy for the long term right now? But I think that's probably a good answer. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever read or watched Scott Pilgrim, uh, random side here, but bear with me on this. I've played um, part of the video game, the the, the brawler, the two D brawler, or whatever. It was yeah. kind of fun. I liked the music. Um, Ramona Flowers actually says to Scott at some point, um, you're who I need right now. Now, in that story, if you were to ask me who I reckon Scott should have hooked up with in the end, it was probably going to be Knives, because Knives was... Knives and him easily had far better chemistry, but Scott, because he's a fucking... Ash's... Not Ash. Vash's brother? No, she's just called Knives. She's just a lady called Knives. Okay. Yeah, that's... There's Um, only one... There's only room for one Knives in my brain. One person hey, don't, called Knives. Hey, don't, don't talk smack about Knives from Scott Pilgrim. She will fuck you up. Um, but anyway, the point I'm trying to make here is that um, that point that Ramona says, like, you know, you're who I need right now. I think that maybe that's the case of Ash and AG, that AG is who he needs right now. Maybe that might then become, you know, once things stabilize and they finally fucking offed Golzine and dumped his body in a river where it fucking belongs. Um then maybe they can still be there long-term. But I think that in his current scenario, that's why he needs him. And that's why AG is who he is as a character in the show. He is just pure, you know, he's pure, wholesome, yeah. you know, guy. Um, this is indeed why Ash goes out of his way to say, you will not kill anyone, I'm not getting you involved in this shit. It's not right, because he wants to keep him that Which, while selfish is also admirable, I'd argue, because you don't want anyone to get involved in kind of crime-related shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me... I'm actually now okay 
with you know how AG is presented and how the relationship is, they won't delve into that kind of sexual stuff because it is about attachment. It's about two people having earnest, honest relationship with each other. I mean, that's why we've had all the slice of life scenes, and this is why, like you know, people who say like, "Oh, fuck the slice of life shit," the show. I'm like, look, okay, you might not like slice of life. Get that? That's fine. You know, not everyone likes fucking peanut butter or whatever you are talking about. Fine, I get it. I totally get it. Right? Not everyone likes the same shit. But there is a very good reason that that's there beyond for being for its own sake or because that's the genre of the show because it's meant to show, again, as I said before, the, norma- the normality that they should have but otherwise are denied. And that's why it's all very, you know, pure wholesome banter, like, you know, when they're having the goofy stuff of Halloween. That, to me, is, feels like an attachment kind of relationship, you know, where they value each other's unique qualities and flaws, you know, because being afraid of pumpkins is a flaw, I would argue. It's a daft flaw. It's not a crystal flaw. It's not like, you know, being a mass murderer, but I'm just saying. <laughs> no, no. So, so that's the thing, right? That's why I actually now appreciate more. I still have the issues, but I think they could have gone this other way to deal with those intimacy things. But on the whole, it is very much placing a value on attachment and, you know, liking something who they are and just the normality that, you know, is otherwise being denied to them. So, yeah, I've had a reevaluation too, I must say. Hmm. I'm just adding a, a, a quick poll. Is being afraid of pumpkins a character flaw? Um, if you're a Power Ranger, it definitely is. I need to rewatch Scott Pilgrim the film at some point. I I'm actually sorry. have all six Dead volumes. Air. Oh, oh, oh uh, the, is it only six volumes? Yeah, it's just six uh, six volumes. Yeah. Huh. I thought well, it was like a longer, long. ongoing thing. Nah. For some reason. Uh, the film is also still fucking amazing. I need to rewatch it at some point. Uh, directed by the very talented Edgar Wright of Force Fate. Right. Oh. Oh. Cool. Very. Um, very. I didn't know that was shame it Shame it didn't make the money it should have. Yeah. Um, fucking love that f- uh, film and that work. Although people don't seem to understand, like, or when I say people, I mean some people, don't seem to understand that Scott is a bad person and you're not meant to necessarily like him. So I've or, heard. You know, I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. In, in the same way that people watch Fight Club and think that it's the most amazing, you know, red pill shit ever, when in reality it's uh, treaties against toxic masculinity. Right. Because Tyler you know, Durden is like. The broest of the bros. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. he's my role anyway. model, man. Gosh, that you know, anyway. like I, I know you're not supposed to let sort of fandoms like dictate what your opinion is of a work, but uh, you know, 15 years ago, I would have said Fight Club was my favorite movie, uh because of the philosophizing and whatnot more so even than the like the twist you know that's that's fine the first time you see it but what kept me coming back was was the you know the chuck palinuk uh you know as you say like uh treaties against toxic masculinity and uh whatever it is Tyler Durden is doing as a solution to the problem of the existential problems of modern life. Um, I really liked all that stuff, but man, the fandom of it has really pushed me away from enjoying that movie as much as I used to. 
Yeah, um, I'm beginning to really hate the concepts of fandom, quote-unquote, in mm. general, uh, because it's starting to lead to some ridiculously stupid fucking takes and opinions. Don't get me started on the Zombieland Saga stuff I was reading about oh, this week. No, we... I don't even know what that is about. No, but there's fine, Zombieland fine, shit? Fine, <laughs> fine, no, no, no. I'm the... not going to tell you about it because it's depressing and stupid and it makes me hate people. It makes me want to punch people in the face. So let's just leave it at that. The She-Ra and, also... and the Princess of Power fandom, however, or Princesses of Power, is very good. It's a good fandom. They they, they are. Uh, yeah, the people, yeah, the people are, that like it. The the people, the people that are... are the original She-Ra, though, are full of shit, as far as I'm concerned. Well, are people who pretend to be fans. I mean, that watch it as a kid. How how can... I don't know. Are you really a fan? I don't know. Are you a fan of something that you watched, like, 30 years ago, and you haven't watched it since, and you don't... It's... Yeah, I don't know. But, like, listen. That Netflix show is great. It is great. I finished it, and it's excellent. You would love it. I really think you would like it, Shadon. Oh, Charlie, you didn't have to tell me that. Fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. You're right. I Yes. Yes. <sighs> on VHS for again, I, I had I it also, on VHS for the longest time, uh, I believe. I also admittedly did become privy to a certain fact about um, some fans of Banana Fish as well who have got a particularly egregious hot take that I just thought, how the fuck can you think that? You fucking nitwits, but I'm saved. no, no Okay, save that. I don't want to, I don't, it's not, it's not worth it me dunking on people like that. Um, so anyway, I'll tell Doc about all the shit off cast because he's going to get very upset. Okay, alright, alright, alright. I don't, don't want to give airtime to this fucking... Anyway, what I do want to give airtime to, though, is let's talk about Toad. So, if there's one thing I think Banana Fish has done very well... Um, I think it's done a very good job of handling its tone. Because let's be honest, if I was to describe this story as basically, you know, the battle for the soul of a teenager who has been systematically raped by various individuals since he was a young child, and then I was to try to tell you, oh yeah, there's comedic bits that you'd go, what? What? How the fuck do you put comedy in a story like that? Right. How do you make, how do you handle that? So I'm going to start with an example here how you can handle it, but I'm going to then tell you how Banana Fish does it better. And it's kind of been like this was most I've self-educated myself on how tone can be handled. So if you've watched, again, random example, but it's relevant, uh, the recent Infinity War movie that came out this year. You've not, have you? No, no. Listen, everything (laughs) that like uh, American, you know, geeks or nerd culture is like all about. It seems like I haven't been in on it. So I'm useless when it comes to that. Given the roundabout discussion of everything, it's just probably the best. But anyway, so there's a scene in that film, and I'm, I'm going to, if for people who haven't seen such talk, I'm just going to try and go through it as briefly, but give you enough context as I can to make it clear, uh, between Peter Quill and Gamora. Uh, if you've seen the adverts, Peter Quill is, of course, uh, Chris Pratt's character. Gamora is Zoe Saldana's character. Green, you know, green lady, green assassin lady. And they're having a discussion about what's going to happen now. They're going to go and kill Thanos, a.k.a. Uh, Josh Brolin in the most purple Grimace CGI shit ever. <laughs> <clears throat> no, really, they actually do call him the Grimace as a joke. Um, That's good. Now, they're having a very serious discussion because Thanos is after basically the seven Skittles of Doom, uh, by which I mean the... The gauntlets or whatever, uh, the gems. Yeah, and he's after the he's after the orange-flavored one. Gamora knows where the orange one is. And she says to Peter... If it comes down to it, where Thanos could potentially get the info from me as to where the orange-flavored, you know, Skittle of Death is, you need to kill me. 
Now, I'm, of course, joking about it, but it's all very somber the way they describe this. And he's like, no, I want you to promise me to do it. This is not a time for jokes. It's not a time for humor. You've got to fucking kill me if there's any chance that he will get that info from me. Um, in case you're curious, by the way, if Thanos gets all the gems, he'll kill half the people in the universe. Plus 1%, because obviously things will happen. So, that's the serious stuff there, and then you have a joke at the end in which Drax destroy it, aka uh, Dave Batista. Batista! Uh, so, yeah, somebody pipes in Someone says, I do know. <laughs> yeah, I've been here all this time, listening, I've been invisible. Uh, obviously he's not invisible, just said I've been here, very, very still. That's the joke that then, you know, takes the tension out of the scene. And allows, you know, everyone to go, ha, ah, that's funny, after the very serious, grim, dark shit of, oh yeah, you gotta fucking kill me if things go south. Now, I actually didn't mind that as a tone shift, but you'll find in a lot of Marvel films that they do use that as, like, particularly in the Guardians, but the guys are more of a... get the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but he uses kind of a tone shift there to help relieve the tension uh, from, you know, serious scenes like that. Because you can't have it be grim, dark all the time. You've gotta have moments of, like, a pressure release. Now, here's where Banana Fish does it better. So you might recall, of course, we had that horrible grayscale monochrome nightmare uh, in which Ash loses his shit because Golzine says, oh yeah, I'm adopted. Oh, by the way, something I forgot to mention, you know when Golzine says that he wants to give him the sissy? What I'm really thinking he's saying is he wants to give himself the sissy because he's moulding Ash in his own image regressively. Right. Like, you know, I, I don't think that he... If he wanted Ash to have his own identity, he would be fucking... But again, I'm of the opinion that Golzine's psychopathiness is that he's trying to create the most amazing person ever, but then show how much he dominates them. Hmm. You know, that's the way I see it. I have created this most amazing person ever who can do everything. Uh, but look at how much I own them. Yeah. Anyway, he's in different my pocket. Map. Right. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> so r- thing is, right? Totally. If we had immediately had, say, I don't know. Uh, Blanca stumbling through the door and he's just like got the maid in his hand again by accident and then you know he's all like oh I'm sorry I didn't realise this room was occupied that would in theory work in the same principle as the stuff I mentioned for Infinity War but it would be fucking terrible you can't go from a scene like that of that gravity to then having it immediately interrupted in the same context by something goofy Hmm. so very wisely what happens is we have a location and character shift and that displaces like you know it means that the there is no tonal whiplash here because it's not between the same characters or in the same location. Ash of time happens, we can process that in our brain, and then it's between two characters who, you know, have otherwise never met before, and we get a nice, silly joke with a little bit of visual comedy with the dots like ding, 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 about the height difference. It's That's the aftercare I mentioned before, but because it's locationally different, um, it's not tonally, it's not like, you know, tonally whiplashing against, you know, the horrible shit that came before. So that, to me, like, you know, is where Banana Fish does it better than Marvel's Infinity War. Now, I'll grant you, even though, you know, in Marvel's Infinity War, they're talking about, you know, oh, yeah, if he gets hold of me, he's probably going to kill half the people in the universe. I don't think that quite compares to, you know, what's happening on the more intimate level with Vash and Golzi. Right. So it's a question of application execution. You know, my two favorite buzzwords right now. Um, And I thought it handled the tone really well, and that's how, Mm -hmm. how it's done it throughout most of the show's run. The comedy has been always usually segregated or kept separate from the otherwise serious drama stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, take the, you know, the instance with, again, <laughs> um, Blanca, but this time with Luke Young and the amazing cop lock scene. Uh, that is, again, distinct from the stuff that happened 
location-wise, context-wise, character-wise, from the scene with Golzine and Ash earlier on after the meeting with the military people. Yeah. So if you want want Mm. a single episode... He is leaning over him in a similar fashion. Well... But that being said, though, I think that Luke Young probably enjoyed that a little Exa- bit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. But that being said, like, you know, the cop block scene was a comedic release valve. It was the aftercare from that, and we had that later on. Yeah. And so the, roles, it, the roles were totally reversed as well. Like, Yute Lung, mm-hmm. even though he was being leaned over, he was the one in control. Indeed. So if you want a, um, if you want an episode of anything, I'd argue, that could be used to highlight how to handle tonal shifts well, and how to, you know, allow time to relieve the pressure from something terrible. Yeah. So it's not constantly grimdark. Episode 90, Banana Fish, motherfuckers, let me get my PowerPoint going. There you go. I, you know, when you use the words, like, uh, aftercare, like, I think one of the first times I heard someone talk about, um, I had a conversation with someone, like, about tonal change being a form of, like, audience care was when we talked about Devilman Crybaby. Uh, and when you had the scene, the post episode, maybe it was even post credit scene of uh, Mi- uh, oh, Akira yes. and uh, Miki, Miki riding yeah. uh, riding on the bike together for a f- few brief moments with the beautiful music playing, and that was meant to be a little bit of a, a sweet relief, you know, after all the the death that that came before um, the mm. very very brutal. And that oh, talk about berserk level brutality, man. Uh, that like penultimate episode of uh, Crybaby was uh, that was something, um, man. Um, oh, for example, you might want to call it um, about aftercare and how tonal maybe sometimes doesn't, doesn't work. Asian Major's Bride, like the holy shit, the, the scene in which Jisei's talking to uh, oh, fuck, why can't I remember his name? I feel so embarrassed by that. Elias. Elias? Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. When she's talking to Elias, like, in the final episode after everything's gone down, and she's, like, admonishing him for all the shit he's done, you know, about how he's going to end up sacrificing Stella for her life, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also uh, animated in a chibi fashion, I'm like, no, no, mm-hmm. no, no, mm-hmm. this doesn't fucking work. Can't have someone be telling someone, oh yeah, by the way, you almost killed my best friend for the sake of saving my life, you fucking nitwit. And have that, you know, be uh, delivered as like a oh, it's all whimsical. I really like Ancient Major Sprite. Don't get me wrong; I think it's a magnificent show, but it's not without its flaws. It's um, it's wonderful. Um, but one th- there was a t- just a quick talk about Major Sprite real fast. Um, so uh, I've I've heard even the UK is getting into Black Friday, so this won't be very unfamiliar to you or our, our UK listeners, viewers. Uh, I was looking at some Black Friday sales and Hot Topic had one with uh, $10 t-shirts and uh, they have, uh, in addition to anime shirts, they sell a lot of New Japan Pro Wrestling t-shirts. So I was looking through them and I was looking at the anime t-shirts and I saw that there were Ancient Mages Pride t-shirts. I was like, whoa, there's an Ancient Mages Pride t-shirt. I'm so excited. Like, this could be really cool. Uh, and it's just of Elias' face. Nope. Why would you want to get a t-shirt with that? He's kind of a shit. <laughs> Through a lot of the show, he's kind of a shit. And I don't want to wear a t-shirt with, regardless of how cool in the abstract his, you know, Georgia O'Keefe cow skull head might look. Do not want to wear a t-shirt 
rocking rocking Elias. Uh, mm-hmm. And that is all. Oh, also, Dave Batista. Um, I had a I, I have a friend who uh, a number of years ago was working at Longhorn Steakhouse and uh, happened to serve Dave Batista when he was in town for a wrestling show. And he said, I don't know if you know how how big like a standard restaurant booth is, but he said Dave Batista's shoulders went from one end to the other of that of the booth <laughs> that he took up an entire <laughs> side of a booth that he was just this massive person. And so Drax the destroyer exactly. of booths at restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, uh, Apanovi makes a very good point that if this was a modern thing, then maybe he would have married Ash rather than oh it. yeah no yeah that uh which is maybe i mean i feel like that's a picky poison thing because both of them are mm-hmm. terrible he's still i guess it would depend on if he was 18 yet because isn't he 17 thing... at the start of the story um he is but the thing is like golzine's already i mean i said in chat but ash is technically dead because he was pronounced dead on me ah. so people are like why mm-hmm. the fuck is he dead but he's alive again and the thing is golzine could probably forge papers left right sense to get one you know, it wouldn't surprise me to be quite honest. Um, but anyway, uh, one quick aside I want to make. Uh, not as really as a full talking point, but it's very brief. Um, I did mention there was one scene in this, or one part of this episode that did not work for me. Um, and that is um, in the closing credits, we've got Blanca and Golzi looking over Ash as he's in, you know, in bed. Um, and Blanca makes the comment uh, he is dying like a wild beast, you know, who will not seek the help of humans. And I'm just there like, guys, you almost had it. You almost S-ranked this episode, but now you had to be blunt force trauma with making it by, it's a wild beast. I go, you were doing fine. You were doing fine. You didn't need to make it. Hey. Like, you know. Hey, Dino. Uh, no, I'm sorry. You got to get the. Hey, Dino, comrade. No, no. Uh, would it be comrade? It would be comrade Dino. I'm, I'm, I know Solo Bell's going to leave the stream if I start making accents again, so I'm going to stop. Uh, uh, do oh, you God. know how wild animal, like a bear, you know, Dino, when, when I wants you... to die, goes off on the own on their own, and uh, wait, um, it's getting sort of German. Uh, Dino, are you a fan of allegory? <laughs> And metaphor. Ah! Well, I will make it clear for you. <laughs> Goes off and away from uh, humans uh, and kicks uh, a bucket. Uh, yeah. One. Here, I have PowerPoints. Let me show <laughs> you. Uh, no invention, I, a PowerPoint. I, I Let me I take you through slides. From- I get inspiration from young Chinese boy who showed me showed you PowerPoint previously. It's have Starway. That's right. You long showed me beautiful invention, Starway. Yeah, Starway. <laughs> ah, <laughs> fucking Starway. Jesus yeah, Christ. I, but yeah, that scene was like five seconds long. But I was like, no, guys, you just this isn't even subtext now. This is just blunt force. Please mm-hmm. no. You could have dropped that entirely. I don't need to have it hammered in, you know, to my skull anymore about the animal metaphors. Keep them under the radar, please. Don't be fun for us about. It. So that was the one black mark this episode had. Otherwise, I'd have given it five out of five. Sadly, 
Dino, you are like Predator. Uh, what is good name for animal Predator? Uh, shark. Yes, you are like shark. Do you know the shark? I will explain it to you. Um, yeah, I have shark hand puppets. <laughs> hand puppet. Uh, is Jaws? You have you seen Jaws? Very good movie. Came out recently in uh, this era. Because it's, it's set in... Well, I guess it's not really set in the 80s anymore. Um, it come out recently on Blu-ray. Oh, man. We're, you, like... You get hitched. Yeah, we're This is probably so <laughs> offensive. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Oh, God. Anyway. Uh, these uh, are terrible. And I... At no point do I think that people from Russia or Ukraine or any Eastern Europe, like, actually speak this way. Like leaving off words and shit it's it's fucking dumb all right let's <laughs> quickly uh go to my next talking point next point uh right so um i mentioned uh, before about meeting the show on its own terms and to get uh, a little bit more in detail about that um, <laughs> to get into a little bit more detail about that, so I'm laughing at the chat. Um, I, I got, uh, we got an, an email, waroidesho at gmail.com, by the way. Mm-hmm. Feel free to, to give us a, a shout. Uh, from a YouTube viewer and commenter who I will, uh, leave anonymous. Um, and it was very lengthy and very detailed in terms of this person's take on the show and related to this person's life experience as someone who'd been abused and been, uh, who had experienced a lot of trauma firsthand. And, um, mm. uh, and I, I was reading through it and, um, my first emotion was like, I felt remarkably, uh, humbled and appreciative that this person would trust us oh, with yeah. that story, with with their experiences. I mean, that's I. It's hard to put into words how that makes me feel. You know, just because like we we create content, you know, and and foster discussion about about anime. We're too we're too schmucks to change <laughs> shit. I know. They... I know. And uh, it's just it's it's really awesome that like. The things like the, this email and the, the vibrant, enjoyable chat are, are part of my life. Like it sounds like super cheesy to say, but like I'm, I'm truly grateful for it all of this. Um, but secondly, my my second thought when when reading through all this is that I I have been and it. It's kind of amazing that I've done this, given the links that the show has gone to illustrate who Ash is, but I have been not really considering things from his perspective enough, I don't think. I think this this uh, feedback really helped it hit home that it's actually probably most helpful to consider Ash first and foremost a trauma victim 
And like I was very caught up, I think, and a lot of it had to do with what I had heard about banana fish and expectations I had for it and kind of preconceived notions of what what I wanted out of it as a follow up to Yuri on Ice. Uh, which it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not right. It's this older material being adapted, but like, but the adaptation that getting greenlit in the wake of Yuri on Ice, you know, I don't think it'd be, it's entirely unjustified, I guess, for me to be like, oh yeah, like more progressive representation of, of, uh, sexuality of LGBTQ folks, you know, here we go. They're bringing back this older property that had that. And of course, saying this out of ignorance, because I hadn't, well, not total ignorance, but like, I only had like secondhand knowledge of the property. Hadn't read the manga. Didn't even mm-hmm. know what this, that hadn't even read a synopsis or anything like that. And I'm glad I didn't, because it's nice to see the show unspoil. This is true. Uh, but like, but yeah, I think I was just sort of thinking about, you know, ah, oh, like, I want, you know, uh, gayness and gay sexuality and gay intimacy depicted in a healthy way and like in a in a positive way um and those are still things i do like want but i think if that came really easy for ash in this show maybe if it even came at at all like it it might undercut Mm. uh undercut the authenticity of Ash links as trauma victim because I mean just just hearing about like and, and this person who sent the email and of course doesn't speak for all people who are gay doesn't speak for all people who are um, abused but just hearing about their experience you know and, and how significant it is for someone to hug them you know what I mean like to give up kind of your body in that way to be vulnerable um, and trusting and to make a calculation to 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 have the courage and inner strength to take a step that none of that people who haven't been abused don't have to take or don't think about taking all the time and and say like this person is safe so I'm going to be open to this contact like I mean just that thinking about it in that way makes that scene between them in earlier episodes so much more significant and so much more of a trusting and intimate moment than at the time I'd even given it credit for because I was just so like thinking about climbing the ladder of intimacy physically and them getting to the next level to depict you know sexuality in a healthy way and I just you know, I just that's the story is not going to do that, and and I still want that out of out of anime. But I just maybe that's not fair for me to want from Ash, if, you know, like we said, this is a crime drama, and it is about a young man who is a victim of some really scarring trauma. Um. And yeah, that's that's just my talking point in that that I reading this has kind of recolored how I thought about all of it. And mm. 
yeah, just, you know, that I should, that, that it would probably be helpful for myself and probably everyone if I stopped banging on about, uh, the, about pl- the, their relationship being only, big air quotes, only platonic and kind of how that is like, uh, second place, how that is not, not the best we could hope for. I mean, I guess it isn't, but how it's, it's not like how it should, think, should, should be more, you know what I mean? I, I think, yeah, I think that for me, like the what's happened to Ash and like what is happening since, it still feels to me like a logical springboard to start exploring that kind of issue. I'm not saying it's something that should have, where, you know, like, oh, they just literally leap into each other's arms and, you know, sleep together all the time. No, of course they're not. Um, for me, if I was, if that would happen, I would be appalled, but I think, well, you fucking trivialized, haven't you? It, it's mm-hmm. just, well, they just jumped into it. I still want to see that angle explore, but I am, I must stress speaking here strictly as someone who's just watching this show for its entertainment and for its dramatic value. Right. Someone who, as that person has alluded to, or indeed anyone else who might have similarly been abused, can, you know, truly comment on it. I mean, it's. Let's just put it this way. I absolutely have nothing to say to disagree with that. The show will be things to different people, and I think that all I can say is I can recognize that. And then ultimately, if the show is a comfort uh, to people, you know, that it valid, you know, it shows them like, you know, it, it recognizes them, it sees them. You know, it says, look, we know, we, we understand that you might have been through something similar, maybe. And, you know, this is a moment that can happen between people, especially someone who does care about you. And that is a comfort. And, you know, a soothing bathroom, then that's good. That is fucking great. So, yeah, just as a reminder, folks, like, don't take it from me to speak on behalf of people as to what it... I, I can only speak from the academic side of things, but I cannot speak from, of course, the practical reality of what it might genuinely I'm glad that we've been informed about this. I'm glad that people have told us that, you know, um, about these experiences. Like, that means a lot for people to have, have that trust us to allow us to talk about this openly. Um, so thank you from the bottom of my heart for having the faith in us to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you, know, I say, you know, I was saying about Tone before, like, you know, about, oh, segueing from something serious to something silly. I'm not doing it. I'll just let it sink in for a second. Because, anyway, thank you everyone for that. Yeah, and, um, yeah. same. And thank just, you. Just, just again, just just again to reiterate, as I've said before, like I said before, like if this show is a comfort, if it does see you, if it understands you, mm-hmm. fucking great. Yes. Whatever comments I may have to say or anyone else has to say, negative or positive, are irrelevant before the simple fact that it made you happier and more concerned as a person to see your own experiences that acknowledged and validated as real and legitimate. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. If that's the thing that we can all take away from this, whatever happens to the rest of the show, even if it just completely goes, you know, off a cliff inexplicably, then I'll still take it. So, yeah. For sure. Like, absolutely echoed those sentiments. Um, and in the way of uh, having your cake and eating it too. Um, 
do recall that uh, it's been a recent episode. I don't remember exactly the episode number, but uh, a, a viewer uh, posted in chat that in the manga there was a scene when when the boys woke up uh, that the clothes they had had on the night before were like in a pile on the floor, sort of indicating that things may have happened. Um, and that's you know. If you want the blunt force trauma, <laughs> then that's that might not that that might not satisfy you, but but perhaps perhaps that's enough for some people. Be like, oh, okay, like yes, like they're exploring this side of of uh, of love, and and it's not being depicted as a horrible, abusive, gross thing for once in this property. Hooray! Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about, Doc? That was, I think that was my final talking point. Um, yeah, I I have nothing else I want to add. Um, yeah. I've covered everything that I want to discuss. You know what, Maglorian? Fucking don't hear any... Yeah. If there's one thing that I think I've come to realize recently, it's I think the message to be across is that romance, affection, and attachment are for everyone. And safety as well. So, you know what? I'll just throw it out there... Uh, from uh, genuinely from myself to people in our audience and elsewhere who are who have had those experiences i hope you find that i hope you do genuinely do want that to happen for everyone for me as well for everyone mm-hmm. yes. and i'm not going to be the one who's going to say like you know i hope you you know you heal or ever you know people have deal with their scars the rest of their days i said but you know what let's just hope that we can have a happy place we can end up with with some Sure. And whatever form that's whatever form that takes in, if it again just puts a smile on your face to, you know, be there reading the paper and then just seeing them come out of the door and then you're just having silly banter in the morning like our, you know, <laughs> Dorian Young yeah. couple did in the previous episode. And that's that's a happy ever after for me. I mean, to steal to steal a line from Bo Burnham, uh, being loved is the best part of being alive. And everybody should uh, have a chance to have that. And yeah, I hope I hope we all I hope we all get there and get as much as we can of it. And if not here, then have faith that whatever comes later, uh, we can be made whole and have that there. Um, now, 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 are you ready to rate the episode? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So, to kind of bookend what, what I said at the start, this is Banana Fish back on top. Not flawless. None of the episodes have been flawless, to be Banana honest. Banana Fish, colon, no longer a bottom. <laughs> well, it was never really the bottom to begin with. It just, it had its moments where I was like, yeah, that's all right. But this episode gave me... It really feels to me like a microcosm of the show. It's like if you were to show any one episode out of context and say, this is what the show is about, this would be it. Um, it was gut-wrenching. It was fucking painful to watch. Uh, it was genuinely dramatic. It was harrowing. And I'm not talking... I mean, I would normally use those words to describe something that was a piece of shit like Elf and Lead from- 
but I'm saying them here in terms of this. Did you is enjoy what that happy happened. birthday image? <laughs> I sent Shadon. I sent Shadon a, a, a Lucy image that said happy birthday on it. Yeah, I'm going to be getting that fucking image for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm going to be there like six. I'm going to hit 65, and there's going to be a fucking card that'll come through the door. Lucy can open it and say, Happy birthday. Oh. And, the only, the only, and honestly, if that card, when I opened it, suddenly released a horde of flesh eating insects, it wouldn't be any worse. It would, I would be like, Nope, this is good. <laughs> oh, oh, sweet fuck. God. Fuck, fuck. fuck. Right, anyway. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, so back on, back on track. So it has all those things, but it. It does that because it narratively intends to, and it executes them wonderfully. And it's also still fun. It's funny, it's comedic, it's enjoyable. It adds, the cop block scene was just incredible. Oh, man. The only the only black mark, as I say, is that heavy-handed shit from Blanker at the end, but that is one fragment, a tiny little sliver of the entire show uh, of this episode, that is. So in the end, I will give Banana Fish episode 19 Ice Palace the, uh, you know, so so cool... So calm and collected as it is, uh, I will give it four point seven five giant peak. Yep, four point seven five giant peacock paintings as metaphors out of five. If it hadn't been for that fucking blanket scene, I was like basically was just one step away from looking right at the camera, going, "Guys, get it." <laughs> then, like that's literally where I was one step away from. Uh, if it wasn't for that, I'd have rated this as a five out of five easily. Uh, all right. I, um, <laughs> right back at your Bagoria to let me do, uh, <laughs> um, how do I rate this episode? Uh, I mean, I similarly, like, I loved it a lot. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I mean, much happened. It was an extremely emotional, extremely, like, well done also from a production standpoint uh, episode by and large. Um, I actually did not, like, Blanca is growing on me already. Maybe I'm, I'm just a lenient soul, I guess. Like, just kind of seeing him interact with Yutlung and the cock block scene, all of it, with the stuff with, with Singh. I'm like, yeah, get get in here. You belong here, I guess, you big dope. Like, come and be part of the family, and we'll figure this shit out. Uh, so, but yeah, the, the horrible, awful, you know, uh, heart-rending scenes, uh, as I often describe. Uh, I started using this turn of phrase after seeing the episode... It was one of the early episodes of the 2003 Full Metal Alchemist when uh, the, the was his name, Show Tucker, was experimenting on chimeras and turned his daughter into a chimera. Um, As you do. And, and, you know, is it, was it like a Sunday hobby? He's like, you know, he, like, you know, regular dads, they do the garden, you know, they go fishing. He's like, no, experiment on some fucking chimera. Why mm-hmm. not? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. And, uh, the main character, I think, had to kill her, had to put her out of, in, in her suffering. Uh, oh, great. Like, that 
at the time I said it was like someone took a ceramic pot, threw it against the wall, and took one of the triangular sharp shattered pieces and started scraping the inside of my heart with it. That's an image. This is how I feel about this banana fish episode as well. Uh, And uh, I will give the episode uh, 4.8 future hitman 2 dlcs out of five <laughs> genius absolute genius Oof. wow you do realize that we've got two we've got five episodes left and it's only going to get more taxing from here i mean if my theory holds true ah. Oh. No, I can't believe there's only five episodes left. I know, I know. And we're gonna do another one tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, Wednesday, isn't it? Oh, is it Wednesday? Wednesday. Okay, it can be Wednesday. That's fine. Um, that works. Uh, We've got streams planned for a couple of. We're not streams. Stream podcast stream. Uh, Mm -hmm. for the next three Wednesdays. Uh, but. Uh, before we get into the special announcement that I wanted to share with you all. Oh, um, yes, that's right. I will revisit the um, Twitter poll. The polls. I'll reread those. You can vote on these at Warui Desho on Twitter. It's W A R U I D E S H O U. Here we go. Here's the polls for episode 19. Is Blanca getting cock blocked by Yudlung the best scene in hashtag bananafish thus far? Early voting, 93% say yes. Good on you. Do you ship the meerkats from Compare the Market? Ha! 70... 70... You just looked up at your face. 75% say yes. AG, colon, Mr. Right or Mr. Right Now? 100% say Mr. Right. Uh... Is being afraid of pumpkins a character flaw? Our final poll. Currently, 50-50. Between, yes, they are terrifying, and not at all, silly. Not a character flaw. Um, oh, well, those choices don't make a lot... Wait, wait a minute. I think I probably worded this wrongly. Anyway, pumpkins a character flaw, yes or no. Is the fear a character flaw? 50-50. Vote now. You have a week to vote. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Da, 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 da. Uh, whew. Special announcement time. Here we go. Crack, crack, crack. Uh, special announcements. So we recently, as uh, has been tweeted, uh, passed 300 subs on YouTube. So thank Woo! you. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you very much. Uh, we love all you guys um, uh, so much, and thank you for subbing. And the chat has only been growing lately, which we love. All right. In just as we did for our 200 followers uh, sort of milestone, for 300 plus, we're going to do a special live stream. 
Uh, it is going to be in a couple of weeks. Uh, Wednesday, the 12th, 12th, the 12th of December. So just over two weeks, 16 days from now. And what we're going to be doing is, uh, well, yes, thank you, uh, Thank you, Chad. It's a small number of subs, but it is a small number, but but it is a, a good. But you're you're a good lot, dedicated. Uh, we love you guys. Um, we heart our fans so much. Uh, it's it's true, <laughs> but okay. I'm getting sidetracked. We're gonna do a live stream, and we are going to be watching uh, a garbage anime. Mm-hmm. Um, a really, really bad one-shot, either movie or OAV. Um, we're going to be live streaming, I guess, in a really tiny window in the corner. I'll, we'll be showing the film, but it's mainly going to be us reacting to it. Um, and I want you guys, we want you guys, to choose what it's going to be. So, yeah. Yep. Um, Make your case. You can use Twitter uh, at at Watery Desho or uh, email us, you know, wateridesho at gmail.com and tell us what we should watch and why it's so bad. Like, why why this piece of shit rather than the other 50,000 garbage OAVs? Um, mm-hmm. To give you an idea, there, there, we have done this sort of thing in the past, just not live. If you look at our SoundCloud or iTunes feed, you'll see some shows called Mystery Bando Theater, and mm-hmm. uh, the Bando reference is a deep cut referring to an inside joke that spawned on the episode two of our podcast. Uh, yeah, from yeah, but like, you'll see that we've done some running like MST3K style commentary. Blue Sea. Blue Sea log off right now. Uh, no, uh, we've we've done this kind of thing about such, you know, venerated OAVs as uh, Garzy's Wing. Uh, we've done uh, Street Fighter Alpha, Psychic oh, Wars. We've done Psychic oh, Wars. God. We've done what was the yellow one? Oh, uh, Bouncy Dog? Bouncy Dog, yes. For some oh, reason, the, I couldn't get Bionic Commando out of my head. But yes. The one the one that had been soaked in the <laughs> Soaked in lager. urine. <laughs> uh, Bounty Dog. Garzy's Wink. Did Garzy? we do that? Uh-huh, we did. Um, um, we have the lost episode of Crystal Triangle, which was oh, just... Oh, no, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, maybe that's a good one, since... <laughs> watch it oh, again and, <laughs> no oh, but we've God. already we've already riffed on that one quite a bit dog soldier yeah, dog soldier we did that was the oh, first one we ever did <laughs> that was incredible it was so great uh, um, you and i we haven't recorded these but we've recently watched both judge and chimera oh fuck. uh just on a lark so those those ones are eligible i guess because they haven't been in there there there's no recording of them yeah but man i don't want to watch those again no i'd rather watch something new (laughs) 
please. Yes. Uh, so just just to clarify quickly on the rules here. Um, it has to be an OAV, something one shot, or a movie like, like that's sh- like OAV less OAV. than like you know we don't want a two hour thing, but like a seventy five minute. Yeah, that's the kind of bottom movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, we're looking um, for that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, secondly, uh, no hentai. Please. Oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Just to be clear on that, none of that stuff. I mean, um, we, we've seen Chimera came close at times, and. Ninja Resurrection as well. Oh, uh, fuck. You probably don't remember oh. that because you were just waste. You were fucking drunk. <laughs> that's for the we best. That. That's for the best. <laughs> you yeah. make it sound like that's a bad thing. Oh, man. Uh, um, so, yeah, uh, have a think on that. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, right? Um, we have discussed a couple of times, like, you know, I mean, we've been doing Banana Fish now for a while. It's been fantastic. And I think, however, because we're both morons and, you know, <laughs> a little bit stupid, yep. uh, we do want to indulge in that masochistic side mm-hmm. and get back to watching something truly dreadful. Um, and when I say dreadful, like, the reason... The thing I love about dreadful shows is when they try and they fail miserably. That's what made Frank's, like, despite it being, like, you know, fucking intolerable at times, that's what he still enjoyed. I got shot and for all, like, you know, enjoyment out of watching it because you could just see the talent being pointed to it and they just came up with a big fat load of fuck all. And plus, you know, it's always good to indulge in the other side of the critique where we just get to riff on things and have a good laugh and just go, what the fuck have I even watched? Um, which we haven't done yet on a live stream. All of our bad anime stuff has been on podcasts. Yep. Uh, oh. <laughs> I've heard about it. I've not, I've not oh. watched it. Oh, is that the color-coded SWAT team? And then the guy who's completely ineffectual is Power Armor. I, I know of it, and I know it's Pretty dire. Oh, fucking hell. Um. So yeah, how yeah. No, no Oops. legend of the Overfiend. <laughs> no Rotsky Dojo. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! I know of that. <laughs> I wish I did, but I do. But anyway, yeah. Uh, throw that out away, folks, mm-hmm. uh, and we will suffer for your pleasure on a live stream to three hundred followers. Yep. Uh, if you want to make a, a long tweet thread, just a short tweet, uh, email. You know. Yeah. Uh, screen caps uh, of particularly stupid moments are also <laughs> one. Do you want to be spoiled? A... <laughs> it only needs to be the one. But, like, if you can give us a screen cap of, like, a sample, like, of how bad a line is, like, you know, when someone says something particularly stupid. Oh, yeah, I guess if you're making be... your case, you have to you have to do that. Yeah, yeah. that would that would work as well. So uh, send it our way. Michael uh, 2010. So we... I don't even know what that is. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Usually... Like people be like, ah, you know, Mars destruction or a mouse. I'd be like, oh yeah, that. Oh, I'm not. No, fuck <laughs> that. I'm not. That, no. Well, that's a long show. <laughs> it's not, and yet it really feels like. Oh, it isn't is. it? Isn't it like every 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 episode is like 12, 13 minutes long? Oh, oh yeah, but it's still like three hours, right? Or no? I don't know. It felt, it felt like three years, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I same mean, for Rin for you. I mean, I technically turned one year older today, but watching that show age me by it for like a decade. Fuck God. Hell. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, that is our that's our special announcement. So I hope uh, I, I'm I'm excited to see what we get uh, what we get submissions for, and this will be really fun. Uh, oh, the best part, I, I think, uh, and some of you guys who are not podcast listeners won't won't know this but um so Wari Desho is is a threesome it is a menage a trois rather than a, a duo 
originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, our partner, podcast partner, Virgalia, uh, she will be joining us for this 300 uh, plus uh, subscriber stream. And she'll also be on the Mac Christmas episode as she, she mm-hmm. is on all of our numbered podcasts. Um, but uh, definitely go back and listen to some podcasts with her because she is just a treat. She's a delight. Uh, we both Indeed. love her dearly. Uh, yeah, she's unfortunately not been around much. She's some work commitments, but that mm-hmm. apparently has eased off a little bit. Yeah. So now we're going to get back to be we're going to get back to the threesome here and get yeah. things going. Very excited about this. Uh, Fucking yes! So, Ugh. people die when they are killed. Yep. Uh, but is that a fate? That is a fate. fate that's the original. Yeah. That's the that's the uh, visual studio. novel, right? No, or that's the Studio Dean fate one. Oh. Correctly. Okay. Um. um yeah. Uh, don't don't be don't be including fate in bad anime, okay? I won't I won't have it. <laughs> if you want, unless you want to suggest Ilya Prisma or whatever the fuck. That oh right, shit is. yeah, that one I don't even. No, nope, not really touching. Now the ten foot barge pole. Don't don't even know. I don't even know. Um, not a clue, mate. Not even a little bit. So uh, I guess now we can stop. Uh, dicking around and sign off. <laughs> Probably see you guys' time. This has been the longest one of these we've done yet, um, but it's been really good. Uh, this has mm-hmm. been an extremely enjoyable episode to do. Um, Indeed. And also, uh, just for myself, uh, thank you everyone who offered me some birthday wishes in the chat. It's hugely appreciated. Yes. Uh, Happiest of birthdays to you, my friend. And uh, Thank you. No, I've, had a, I've had a blast doing this. This has been a treat to do with you guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah, I... I uh, We'll say uh, that. Well, so for those folks who don't know, might be newer to our stuff. Um, so I, I am a diagnosed uh, anxiety disorder haver, uh, OCD as well, and most recently depression. And over the holiday, I was definitely like my depression was was grinding on me quite a bit. <laughs> Uh, especially in the the later parts of it. Um, But doing this episode has helped a lot. Uh, Just being a part of our Wari Desho community is such fun. Um, And I really just has helped kind of, it's helped lift me up. I feel much more at peace uh, and and better after doing this episode. So thank you, everybody. Um, Cheers. And uh, with that said, smash that like button and subscribe (laughs) to YouTube. Check out our SoundCloud uh, and our iTunes feed. Uh, If you're listening via podcast, thank you. Uh, We have a YouTube channel as well where we live stream this nonsense. You should check it out. Tweet us, email us. Google Warui Desho, you'll find us. Uh, And so... Shadon, speaking of finding us online, if people want to find you, where will they go? Can hit me up at Shade and Sensen, both on Twitter and Curious Cap. Uh, feel free to send anything my way at all. Why the hell not? Bring it up. Uh, at the Subtle Doctor on Twitter. Um, HMU, if you want to continue the, the banana chat or talk other things, I will be there to not be quite as awkward as I am right now 
when the communication is asynchronous, I am less awkward. This is a rule for everyone. Chat, thank you very much as always. Salute you. You're Indeed. awesome. Uh, everyone out there listening via VOD, thank you so much. Uh, until next time, two days from now on YouTube, uh, thank you all for listening. For Shadon, I'm the Subtle Doctor. Embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. Good night.